0: Oh what got his ass
1: now? You have to be fussing the Haki.
0: I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns at 15bmx.com. Go on, do my best on whatever happens then. It's good. My bottle got stretched a little bit and I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. <laughs> Coffee Chatter live. Where are you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Palm Dog Millionaire! Let's make some noise. Tori Nighthawk.
1: Whoa!
0: Show 201. Big show. The James Palmer Retirement Career Recap Show. Holy smoking daddy-o. Can't believe we're here. We got the Palm Dog Millionaire, the Palm Dog... Tom um, Daddy, P Daddy, JSP 60 <laughs> You probably have the most nicknames out of them all. Uh, one of my very best friends and brothers, JSP 66. Welcome to the show, James.
1: Oh, thanks, T. You know, I don't feel like I'm, I feel like different right now. You know, I'm getting the welcome right now. It's a little different. It's odd. It's happy to be here. I'm at 2020.
0: We're going 2020 Olympian. We're not going 2020. Well, no, it's 2021. You're 2021 Olympian for Team Canada. Two-time World Cup finalist. Canadian national champion, uh, USA BMX main events, uh, fucking Canada <laughs> cup wins.
1: <laughs> That's my guy. You know, just keep pumping those tires for me. It feels good on this end for the, this time.
0: Uh, pro gate Europe winning starts the great gate. James of all people knows that we had a bet one day on a balmy summer, balmy <laughs> summer's day. At Chula Vista, California, 2017. We're looking at mid July. We were training for the Rock Hill Worlds, and we had a bet one morning. Whoever had the slowest king time between the two of us, the loser had to go fully clothed into the dining hall for lunch. So, lo and behold, yours truly, myself, Tori, lost. I was slower than James. James beat my king time that day. And so there I went, like a man on my word, right into the dining hall in Chula Vista, the training center, full clip shoes, helmet, goggles, gloves, you name it.
1: I fucking love that photo every time I see it. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> anyway, Progate Europe, you know and, for, you know, if I had a great gate that day, I might not have gone fully clothed, but I didn't. And you did. So pro gate starts, you know, winning starts the great gate, whether it's a bet, a race, it all starts with a great
1: gate. You got to get one. I might be a guest on the show, but you know, this time around, but let's be real. You got to get a pro gate Europe. You're not getting the fast king times if you don't have a pro gate Europe. It just is what it is.
0: Who, who has the, is there a record at Abbotsford right now? I'm I, guessing it's
1: Ryan. But I, Since we have the new Ram yeah there's new records now so it's we got a new ramp so the faster gate now so ryan has it now
0: what timers do you guys use not the browers you have like the wiring or whatever
1: yeah Yeah, we got the 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 wires in so this i think it's scores is the the system we're Mm -hmm. using yeah yeah since we got the new um yeah he's uh, he's got it now he's got the official
0: Not not surprised
1: it's funny how it changed everyone knows that their home tracks like there's different uh Periods of when people can have it because things change. There was one time we had the Brower set up; that was a time frame. Then we yeah. had we got our first like the score set up, the the lines in. That was a different time. The times changed. There's a time where those timers changed. I think at one time because we we got a new computer box and then like uh, a different RAM comes in, you got to switch it up again because things are different. It's kind of funny.
0: For a while there, from I want to say like 2011 to like 15 or so, we had the Brower set up pretty consistent. Like we had. To, big time frame of times.
1: Yeah, I remember cuz I don't really remember keeping track of times then, but you guys had like the little blocks beside the ram or sorry, yeah. beside the gate, the the blocks at the kink and it was just for those little poles to stick in. So it was perfect yeah. same so, spot every time.
0: Yeah, we used to time all the time. So probably for like 5 years we had a steady steady setup. It'd be fun to know, like I'm sure obviously everyone's faster now, but it'd be fun to have it like the same spot for 10 20 years.
1: Oh, it'd be so cool to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, but you know, obviously
0: like People just keep getting faster and faster, but it'd be cool to have the same data.
1: It would. Cause it's like those times you chase over the years and years. Like I think Manchester is probably the one place that has a good reference of that, but that's like, it's hard to simulate that, but chasing those records from years time is just one of the all time fun things. If you're on a nice sunny day, you know, the conditions are right. You're feeling it. And you're like, I think I'm, we're going to get a time today. Like we're going for it. There was a time we did. I think we started, we got the first straight times and we were trying to get under the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember before Rock Hill and 16, we were just fucking pinning
1: it on the first track. Yeah, I think I remember the weeks there. That was it. And I remember you went like um, to, under the seven second mark and it was like, oh, he just went under seven.
0: and <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Like when you're going by yourself against a timer, you go so much harder than you would in a race. Like you're on the fucking limit.
1: You literally put every little ounce of you into it that you possibly can. Like it's, it is actually kind of freaky and weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like for some, it's weird, but you can't ride like that in a full lap. You you can't.
1: No, not with other guys. And I mean, especially like most of the time, you're going to smoke the gate. Let's be real. But you do try to do that with guys around you. You're not going to come out clean and smooth. It just never happens.
0: It's funny though, with, when you have timers, you learn a lot about timing. Like you, the weather, weather has a huge effect, even temperature. If it's like, if it's, it needs to be hot to set record times, generally speaking.
1: I only kind of really realized that like you kind of know it, but I only really realized that the last few years and like me and Ryan were training mm-hmm. earlier this year and it was, he was freaking flying. It was incredible cold day though. And I was like, it doesn't matter. We got the new Ram in there. He's looking fresh. It was like, you're not going to get a, like he would had fast times so but you're not going to PB when it's this cold, the weather's just not helping you.
0: Um, I think the air is denser, but also like you just don't move as well.
1: And you're going after what a thousandth of a second in like, yeah, over a two point, not even a 1.2 second range. Like,
0: or if there's any kind of wind that's not helping, that you're not you're not gonna break anything. No, you're fucked. <laughs> Is there any kind of cross or headwind? You're not breaking. That's why it's hard too to compare times day to day. Like you can get, you can get pretty consistent data, but you might be flying one day, but the conditions might not be right. You might be like, oh, I'm fucking slow today, but it's just the conditions.
1: You got to be careful with that, don't you, in training and whatnot? <clears throat> yeah, I mean. There's certainly a time and place for it, but I
0: think honestly, within a couple of weeks of the race, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at the data as a rider. I think as a coach, you probably could still take it if you're there just to keep track of it. But I don't think you should take it either way. It doesn't really matter. And generally, like if you're peaking properly for a race, oftentimes the week before you feel sluggish and kind of blah before you peak the next week. So you're probably not that fast the week before a race. And generally a lot of times riders will see that and just freak out.
1: It's true. Yeah. It is a weird, um, dynamic there, isn't it? That yeah, you're right. Yeah. Keep track of them because as a coach, yeah, you're right. You probably want to know how your rider's doing right before to make adjustments, but the rider himself, it does no good either way. It does no good. Uh, it
0: really does. And, and yeah. honestly, like at that point, whether you're flying or you're not, it doesn't matter. Like you yeah. just have to get in the form. Like you're better off tracking it otherwise. And than- then, two weeks to go, just be like, ah, fucking got what we got at this point.
1: (laughs) I think the, uh, are talking about that Chula battle we had when we were before the 2017 worlds, I remember feeling like I was flying. I was like, this is fantastic week before worlds. And we are keeping track of times. Although we don't know for reference, it was just like the the week of kind of thing. But I remember like, damn, okay. Times are fucking hot right now from what I can see comparatively speaking. Now you got to fucking hold it for a whole other week. Like just keep it going. And that's stay time target, like, Yeah, stay on target. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you can get to your head even if it's going good.
0: Um so welcome to the other side. How does it feel at this point? Just hung
1: up the clip shoes. It's weird, dude. Yeah. Shoes are yeah. hung up. It's different. It's weird. It's like um mixed emotions for the past like I'd say just for the past week, really, you know. Once you everyone like I've had a I've known for a couple of weeks now. I've told a few people mm-hmm. and whatnot, and and uh part of it part of it felt really good, but part of it was really hard to make the official post and make it public. Cause that's kind of the, in our world, that's the, you're not signing papers to leave. You're, you're kind of just making mm-hmm. it known that you're stepping away. so it's like, part of that hurts because you're done officially. Um, but part of it for me is like, I don't know. I'm super excited with what I have going now. It's just, it's weird seeing memories and comments and whatever. It's just like, it's, it takes you back to the good times, but there's also like a lot of struggle for me the past while. So it's also nice to just be done with that. And, move on to the next bit
0: yeah it's kind of a weird feeling and and something a lot of people don't experience especially when you've raced the highest level to stop you you have like so many different emotions you feel like proud you feel like kind of sad you won't be racing anymore seeing some friends like there's a whole array of stuff that goes through your mind and it's a lot of self reflection and like personally now even i'm still reflecting on stuff i went through in in my career too um so may I explain to people what's, what's it like initially, like what's gone through your mind, maybe positive, like positively, like what's, you know, been really exciting and what's, what's made you feel sad about
1: it? Um, positively the, I mentioned some, like I have a really cool opportunity now. Like I, my, my goal post racing is to become a firefighter in the future. Um, I still have a, I would say a long road to get to the official career firefighter job I'd like to have. Um, and that, road is a lot of learning, taking a lot more courses, a lot more, um, getting to know the ins and outs of everything. So I was, I was basically, the exciting part is I was, had an opportunity come about where I could continue this learning of being a firefighter and start working at a hall as as a volunteer slash paid on call. And it was one that I didn't really want to pass up because I didn't know if I was going to get another one. um, so I t- I've now taken it and it's super exciting because now I have the opportunity to continue work and continue learning to hopefully get my future set up like I'd like to. The sad part is, yeah, like you're talking about, like, the, I'm not, I'm not per se going to miss the races specifically. Um, the good results obviously are, are going to suck to lose, but it's like those friends, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When the friends you you see around the world all the time and you get to hang out with that, you're probably, I'm probably not going to see for a good amount of time now, unless I go to a race and which I don't know who, when the next one I'll go to is so probably grands, but yeah, it's just, it's a weird dynamic.
0: Yeah. And it's something that no one really prepares you for Like you kind of just get to the point where it's like, yeah, you know, it's time to move on for whatever reason. And then you just kind of do, and then it's just like, it's kind of weird. Cause obviously you've know, you raced since you were a kid yeah. and then all of a sudden you're just not anymore. It's, it's strange.
1: I was actually talking to her, like, I won't say I've talked to two people actually I won't say either names just about like them going through similar feeling situations asking me about how I went through it and then we, I was kind of joking like nobody really prepares you for the after part like some organizations try to help you and be like they'll be there to support you through it and that's awesome but like the feelings and when you kind of know nobody really tells you about you have to have people that like you've gone through it to ask questions and figure that out and then to figure it out on your own.
0: Yeah, and I think it can be a tough transition for a lot of people, especially people that just view themselves as an athlete or something in their sport, and they don't, I don't know, maybe have a whole lot of interest outside of sport or some or other things going on in life. I think I think those kinds of athletes really hard.
1: I I agree. Yeah, and yeah, because I'll, I'll be honest, like my transition, let's say, has not felt super difficult because I've had something that I've my attention has been on the entire time. So yeah, it's definitely been mm. a little easier, and like I think, like I've I've talked to people like you, like talking to people about it and like figuring out what they went through helps a lot because then you kind of know like okay these feelings are just temporary or not or do I try to push through these feelings for a little bit or what's what's really the deciding factor at one point. And it's
0: cool because it's like a, as athletes, you we always um always look for what's next and we never. We never fully enjoy what we did. We never fully celebrate it. We just kind of, yeah, cool. We did this at a race. We're just back to training on Tuesday. You know, it's, you don't really reflect. So when you retire, you can actually be really proud of everything you did.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of cool that it's like, you don't want like, I'm, you don't want to let these things go to your head, but it's like just seeing comments and, um congrats from like people in the, your own world and your own industry. So for me, like in the BMX world, it's crazy how much, how good that felt and how much it means just because you're not, there's not not something you're going to say to that person or they're going to say to me on a regular day or whatever week, or even after like a good result, because it doesn't matter. Like everyone's out there to do their best and you're right. You're already looking ahead to the next one, but like to have, um, different people reach out. Like it, it means a lot because it's something you don't really talk about with them ever.
0: And sweeping declaration, coffee chatter is not going anywhere. We have oh, some messages no. asking if coffee chatter was done. No, 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 it's, it's not done folks. It's not no.
1: done. I think that's one of the cool things. I, I, this is my, like, I, especially you're a coach now, but also you have this, so you have two ties, let's say to, to the BMX, you're not leaving. You're never, you were never out of the BMX world. I feel like I'm stepping mm-hmm. away to something else out of the BMX world, but this is my tie to stay in it.
0: Totally. yeah, totally. So, so you're still going to be involved, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it's early obviously since your your recent decision but looking at your career what do you what do you think about when you think about um your journey through bmx
1: what do i think about yeah what comes to mind um what comes to mind when i i think like just the the trips and the the friendships and the fun like the adventure along the way like the journey everyone talks about the journey i'm a big guy that likes to talk about that because that's that's what I have. And that's what I think about the most. I think actually, yeah, the results are cool. If I'm looking back on my career, I honestly, I'm not going to lie and be like, I think I had like, did everything I wanted in my career. There's, there are many, many more things and many more goals I wanted to take off, off my list. But I also look back and realize that I had like the, I, there was points in my time where I was able to realize that I need to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, because the end of the day, that's what I think is the most fun part. And I started to do that. Um, so I look back on my career, I'm pretty happy with that part. That's, that's huge.
0: Yeah. I think as you get older too, and you race, you realize you need to enjoy the little things about traveling and racing and stuff. I think it's easy when you're younger, you just get caught up in results and stuff. But I think as you, as you get a little bit into your mid to late twenties, you start to realize that it's not forever and that you need to enjoy it all.
1: I'm pretty realistic too. I understand like the people that are at the level where they're taking off like wins and seconds and thirds all the time. It's easy for them to not really worry about like they need, they, they can enjoy the journey, but they're, they're more excited for those wins. Cause they're coming often. for most of the world, your wins come more internally or the, their wins are stuff that other people don't see. So it's like, if you're not enjoying those yourself, well then what's the, what's the point in, in doing it.
0: It's such a cool life being an athlete and traveling the world. And like, I personally look back with so much happiness at like everything I got to do. It's just, it's such a cool thing that we've done and that all the current racers are doing right now. It's so special that we have this in our life and we're able to travel the sport. And it's something really unique that most people just never get to experience. It's just like, yeah, it's just such a cool life.
1: Yeah. Dude, I didn't. I was always like, you know, when, you know, parents and people talk about it, they put your kid in sports, like they learn a lot through sport and life and all this stuff. I never really understood that until like, now that I'm starting to get out of the sport and the things that I've learned and like the lessons, responsibilities, setting goals, going after certain things, working hard with something. It sounds lame, but like, those are the things, things you start to realize afterwards that you were doing so much in your sport that pay off afterwards. Cause like, the, the, it's crazy. Like the the, some of the lessons people are telling you, like when I'm, trying to work or trying to get a job or I was at firefighter school it's like you're telling me to do these things where it kind of just comes second nature because as an athlete those are just that's what you have to do to be an athlete or perform at your best it's kind of wild yeah so.
0: yeah it's amazing I was talking to someone about this the other just the other day it's like when something stressful happens in life now because we've been under such high pressure situations in sport like do or die situations it's like you're faced with something in life that's generally stressful it's like you don't even bat an eye on it or you just know how to stay cool. Whereas other people might be freaking out that haven't been in high pressure situations.
1: Their nerves are just flaring up and you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm nervous, but that's a pretty standard issue.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, you might be in a crazy situation. You can just stay level headed and just stay cool and focused. Whereas people would be spinning if they haven't been in those kinds of situations before. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what are you most proud of in your career?
1: What am I most proud of? Um, Easy answer, I think, would be to say like earning my Olympic spot and going to the Olympics and all that. Um, Yeah, result-wise, specific result-wise, that's it. A lot of people like don't know the whole journey. A lot of people also do. I've talked about it a little bit, but like the process to get there for someone, we'll say like at my level, who was, that was the goal. But it wasn't easy as just going to World Cups and making multiple World Cup finals. It was trying to get an individual spot. Finding races to go to around the world where other guys were going as well and trying to basically out compete them at those races because you needed the points over them is a wild dynamic, but something like I'm very, I look back and I'm proud to say like how I was able to handle that, and manage that because it wasn't easy and it wasn't just a straight road either. It's just a lot of up and down roller coasters like everything is. Um, but that was obviously one of them. And then um, what else? We're going to get into that too. You need
0: you deserve to be gold on Star Alliance for Fuck. life. Your 2020 and no no 2021 travel schedule.
1: Dude, that yeah, that one alone. There have been some wild years that one was pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that one was that one was fucking They're solid. so crazy. I don't know how like I looked at my overall miles one time and I think it only said something like 150, 175,000 total miles or something on Air Canada. I was like, that's bullshit. There's no fucking way. (laughs) I'm like, how have I not hit like 500,000 at this point? Because I've had like, I don't know, 50K for multiple years, 75K for a couple. And it's like, it's a joke how much sometimes some of the travel we've done, it's a joke. It is. So, Um, what's some,
0: you've talked about how you, you know, you learned some qualities from your career that are, you know, you're going to take into life. What, What are some things that stood out to you that you've learned in your career?
1: Um, resilience is one of them for sure. Like just, yeah, you gotta, you gotta learn how to get beat down and keep fighting through to keep going. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people just work hard, doesn't go their way, kind of get over it and move on. Um, you got to learn how to just fucking battle through it and just keep going. And if you want something, you go after it, like setting, setting a goal too, setting something you want to achieve and then being able to put the work in for a certain amount of time to go after it's something for sure. And that's something I think every racer out there can also relate to. It's not just my own thing. Um, Probably everyone in sport too. So it's like we, uh, I've been talking to people about how to get a job in the firefighter world world, and they always say like, Oh, it's going to take time. Like expect to get shut down the first time. It's like, Although I don't want to get shut down the first time. It's like, cool. It doesn't bother me. If I get shut down the first time, let's be real. It's like, how many times have we gone to a race and just an absolute dog shit? And then you just like, okay, well, let's figure out a new game plan and go after the next one. That's just part of it. So, yeah.
0: So before we get into, before we get into how you started in BMX, any, any regrets in your career, this is the classic, like finished with sport question, any regrets.
1: Yeah, yeah what regrets i gotta have regrets there's always regrets there's races i definitely regret things that happened or thinking the wrong thing at the wrong time doing the wrong move at the wrong time um and maybe I, there's probably times in my career where i think i probably got i could have made changes earlier than i did to hopefully adjust things in the future quicker um i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna i don't like change i hate change so like there are times where I just like to. If I st- I thought if I stayed in my lane, stayed in my path, and kept working, and that it would come around. But I think change was needed earlier. Sometimes so that's one thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's always easy after the fact. As hindsight's twenty twenty, it, you can only do as the as best you can at the time with the amount of information you have on hand. True, it's impossible to do everything correctly.
1: It's always hard to just like taking that next step in anything in life, like even just stepping away from retirement, or t- like step in a way to make change, whether it's coaching change, track change, staying like living somewhere for that. Or it's like, it's hard to make that initial step because it's scary. It's the unknown. You have no idea. And if it, you're worried, it's going to go wrong. And then you're like, cool. I just wasted my time and money for something I didn't even need to do. You just, yeah.
0: So we obviously grew up riding at the same local tracks, but how did you start? How'd you start in BMX? How'd you get into it?
1: Uh, My story is that when I was a kid, I wanted to race motocross and my mom thought it was too dangerous, but some friends knew about the, uh, the local track. So they took us out there and it was supposed to be a safer alternative to motocross. Um, turns out it wasn't, but from that day on, I got hooked. Basically I went to my first race. Um, won that one as like, obviously a novice little kid. And from there, I was just hooked, kept racing. And I was, I was a big sports kid growing up, like played a bunch of different sports. And eventually, had to make the decision that BMX was what I wanted to do. But it wasn't when I was younger. It was just one of the other sports I did, actually. Played soccer growing up. I ski raced. When I was like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe. I can't remember the two years. But I definitely took BMX off a little bit more to play soccer, actually. And then... Everybody got bigger. Everybody got faster. I didn't. So, you know, my, my soccer years peaked at like 12 or 13. And I just went back to BMX after, started enjoying that more. Because actually, I do remember that. I went back to BMX after because I think I was getting a little frustrated with the uh, some of the team aspects of the soccer team of not getting played over somebody else. Because I thought like the, the parents were complaining that they, their kid needed to play over me or something. And I remember then, yeah, BMX kind of took over. It was just easier to go to BMX, be an individual. So, Go all in on yourself and yeah.
0: So what did the first few years look like? Did you start traveling in Canada or did you start going to other races or what did you do?
1: Um, I was never no, I never really raced in the US a lot. I like I was very gradual into it, I think, from a young age. Started doing the BMX Canada, which was ABA nationals back in the day in Canada. Did that series a bunch and then my my family, my dad and my mom would drive me down to like Reno in January, actually, that was like the one race we did a year for, like two or three. Oh, the classic
0: like Canadians. Let's go to a U.S. national race. Yeah,
1: and the funniest thing was it was the worst possible fucking time of the year at all. It was in January. Hadn't i been rode for three months. No, I hadn't been riding at all. I remember trying learning what rollers were and trying to ride rollers before that because I had no idea. And that was one of my like probably my those were my first experiences going to those races. We went to a few in Washington, I think, too. We drive down to those as family do those. Um, but I remember the Reno ones for sure. Cause those were like, we'd stay in like the, the circus circus hotel, just have a great time, oh, yeah. just a blast. What was,
0: that, what was the racing like when you first went to the U S how'd you find it? it was cha- obviously, it's obviously more challenging, but yeah. What, what was the first experience? Like
1: it was, yeah, more, way more challenging. I remember like I wasn't the, f- I did well in Canada. I was very fast or like nag won a bunch of times in Canada, but going out of the the I got smoked. Like I'm pretty real about that. Like there was, I wasn't competing with the top guys. Like I remember. I remember at the time looking up to like the Rusty Nesvig, Lane Van Ogle, like those guys, like those guys are the guys in my class and like looking up to them like, holy shit, like they're fast. I remember watching videos of like, um, what was another kid in my class? was he wrote for supercross. He made these videos, Nate Padilla, I think his name. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nate
0: Padilla. yeah. I
1: remember watching his videos and like looking up to him and he's a kid that's my age and it wasn't cause I wasn't competing against them at that I'm time. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was interesting. It was a different dynamic. I wasn't at the level to to really get in the mix, compete with the top guys. It was just getting my feet wet, getting experience, racing faster guys to hopefully one day be able to compete with them.
0: At that point, did you, did you want a career in BMX? Did you want to race pro? Is that a
1: thought? I I don't really know when that thought was. You want to make a podcast at that point (laughs) in time? (laughs) What was the future? When was the podcast on? No, dude. I don't actually know when it was like, I never had that one instant moment that I was like okay, this is definitely the time. This is what I wanted to do. I just wanted to keep racing. And I think when I was sixteen ish, I remember when like soccer kind of finished. There was a race in Abbotsford. I remember going to be like, okay, this is what I want to go race. Did that race and then I remember doing a couple junior races and Birmingham Worlds as a junior was my first like international BMX race ever. And that was what was it, twenty twelve. Um yep. And then I think like those handfully like those couple years before that, and then 2013 afterwards, when I really kind of decided like, all right, this is what I want to really keep doing and start pursuing full-time. Cause I, uh, in 2013, Ken took over cycling Canada. It was 2013, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, end in 2012,
0: but yeah. End of 2012,
1: sure. I remember. Yeah. So I, I was done high school and then we're still trying to figure things out, but he came in they started the, our program and, gave us more opportunities with the gym coach, like with Kit and then the whole cycling Canada program and having a group of us to train with. And that's kind of when I decided like, all oh, right, this is what I this is what I'm willing to do and want to do and I'm ready to go in on that. Yeah.
0: What was challenging up until that point, like racing amateur and junior, what was something you had to overcome?
1: The same thing I overcame I had to overcome the entire career was just being slower off the start. That was basically it. It's just I was a smaller kid growing up. If everyone knows me, I was I call myself a two year late, two year late bloomer because <laughs> I like high school, grade 12 and like 2012, even 2013, I was a small kid and I didn't grow till after. So just trying to keep up with the bigger guys was always the challenge. So I was always racing usually from behind in like, especially the U S stuff. I was never up front. I was never competing with them. So that was the challenge for sure.
0: Was that your first world cup in Chula in 13? Oh no, that was for 2012 must've been.
1: Yes. No, I did. Uh, 2012, I did the Chula time trial. Oh, right. That, that was the incident. We've already talked about it. We don't need to get into Yeah, it. we Go don't ahead. need to get into that. That was the incident. But then the first racing experience was uh Abbotsford because We it, we need to find that video. We do. It's out there. It's I swear to God, it's out there somewhere.
0: It's unbelievable that video We'll, yeah, we'll okay. find we it.
1: Yeah. Wow, you got an OG coffee or coffee chatter fucking travel mug. Can you anybody kidding see me? that? Look how faded that thing is. That's a well-used mug, people. These things are built built different
0: so we're going to discuss something off the show but i have found some excellent merchandise clothing that we could use for coffee chatter are you for real i'm yeah i'm testing it on on my own TNBMX bmx training stuff right now i'm going to have some of my own stuff but we're going to get some coffee chatter stuff too and let me tell you the stuff is elite love it i'm not just saying i'm not just saying next it's going to be our merch it's like it's to the point where I might buy some more, it's like, I bought the blank sweater, like sweatshirt and shirt.
1: Okay. I might buy
0: some more of the blank stuff just because it's really nice.
1: Are you for real? Like this could be, this is huge for the so chatter cheap. industry. Yeah. What? This is huge for coffee chatter worldwide right now.
0: Yeah. We're going to have a chat after the show, but yeah, a little, little preview All right. there.
1: All right. Good to know. I'd love to hear. Um, it.
0: So first world cup race experience, we, we, I mean, unbelievably got to do it at your home track, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, what was that first, first world cup experience? Like, cause that was obviously a good one to do. Cause you've ridden the track before. Plus it was like a smaller world cup. So it's not as gnarly too.
1: Yeah. It's weird. I de- like it. It is. It's like having the home track was cool because you know, it, but I wasn't, I'm not going to like sit here and pretend like I was in the race really. Like I was, I was part of the event and I was racing it, but like 48 people qualified, like there was 48 I was, guys.
0: I was part of the event. Yeah, like
1: that's I'm not I'm not fucking lying here. I'm not here to stick around like I'm proud of what I did, but that wasn't the one thing I'd be like, oh I, I totally raced that one, like personally. Like uh time trial, we all made it through, I think. And then racing was six man motos. I picked outside every time just to get myself space. I was nervous, I was a kid, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Oh, fuck yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't fast enough to really compete with the guys. Like I said, like I wasn't that guy then. I'd like so I was picking outside, giving myself room and just kind of trying to race in the race and being part of it. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Dynamic.
0: Yeah. So, so what, it must've felt cool to be in the gate though, a world hmm. cup, right? Especially still junior at that point. So it must've been a fucking thrill.
1: Was a junior? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was cool. It was definitely cool. It was a thrill. Um. I still don't like, I think. The races in the future when i actually felt like i was part of a world cup when it was somewhere different those ones feel like more like a real world cup to me it's hard for me to think of that one and be like that was a real world cup like i remember being more of a fan watching it because of and what what was going on
0: that's like a different life doesn't it that that Dude, world cup was it
1: honestly i watched a video of it i was like okay first off that track is gnarly and that was crazy that we raced that but then too like i look at myself and i was like you are a different person then i was still that little scrawny kid like yeah
0: Low key, one of the gnarliest second straights we've ever raced. I don't care what anyone says. If you race that pro section straight up and down, vertical, vertical, fucking lips and landing.
1: Incredible,
0: like with no, no space. Like if you jump the first one, there's nowhere to. You can't break no. before the second one, even if you fuck it up.
1: There's no room anywhere. Out of the first turn, the lip was like in your face. You couldn't even have like with a neck brace, you couldn't look up to like see the lip. I feel like, yeah, the second one, no break time. And you just had to hope you made the backside because it was steep as hell and tall too.
0: That second straight is absolutely claimed some people. Oh my god! Yeah, like, dude, there have been <laughs> cousins on that second straight.
1: I, the amount of people that have done it too, like sipcoy had one there. I remember his was in. The, was that the World Cup or that was the dude, national he champs? you went up.
0: He went up the lip of the first jump and jumped through his handlebars. The second he got to the top, I don't, I've never seen someone, I've never seen someone just, this isn't working out, ejecting so early on in a jump. It was like the second he came over the top, just fucking threw the bike down and just rolling down the windows the whole way across.
1: Most people take like half a second in the air, at least to realize what's going on. No, no, no. His was like, instantly take off this shit. This is not going well, ditch the bike instantly. Dude, that was unbelievable. <laughs> instincts you must have as a jumper to
0: know instantly that it's not going to work and you're better you're better off to throw the bike than to try and save it something must have gone horrifically wrong oh yeah
1: i've had i've thrown the bike i think two times in my career like maybe maybe three two three times one of them was there let's just be real one of them was on that second straight it's gnarly
0: i know for a while there every time we'd go i'd be like nervous to hit the second straight it was our yeah. home track
1: Dude, my first time ever hitting us to get this, this was, this was stupidity thinking back on it. Me and Misha went to ride the track. First time I'd ever been to the new track, new Abbotsford. It was just me and him. He for, he forgot the key, I think, for the Supercross Hill or something like that. So he's like, okay, I'll... Classic me. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so I like, I hop out of the car, I get my gear on, I start like riding and he goes to meet like, uh, I think it was Steve to get the key. And like, so I'm there by myself and I remember kind of just like, I think I was like, if I remember correctly, just eyeing it up and just started taking some runs at it and eventually just sent the first one maybe. And like thinking like back, I was like no, knowing how gnarly that straight is and just by yourself out there, probably not like the best idea.
0: No, it's fucking terrifying.
1: So, if, um, I got a question. So- if you, if you were had to hit full speed Abbotsford second straight then, or Manchester, like 20, 13, 14, oh. 15, second straight, what are you doing?
0: well the the second in 13 was small like the first series race there
1: okay so the 14 15 16 whatever the you the mean small, like, the, like the, the gnarly one the step up it's just one jump really well, it's the step up <laughs> so i gotta just hop on my bike now and fucking send one you gotta hop on your bike full lap send like tt send it like you're going for a hot lap
0: oh my god it gives me anxiety just thinking about it
1: i honestly don't know what i would pick
0: I probably honestly, you might be safer on Manchester second straight because at least you can break.
1: And I, yeah, I agree. I think it's that because I think it's one jump. You, you pray on the one jump and not the two.
0: I probably would pick Abbasford just because it's more imprinted in my feeling. Like, I even just thinking about it, I can like feel myself. I can actually feel myself like muscle memory jumping both. But I think Abbasford, I could, if I just, Here's the thing. I would have to just go up super confidently and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking muscle memory it. And I'm sure I could probably do it, but yeah. It'd be gnarly. It would would be ugly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The sprint out of the turn wouldn't have as much pep as before. No, there'd be a lot of backseat driving going on, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Um... So yeah, 2013, obviously kind of getting into routine with the national team. And then I remember like, especially with most of the team, the big goal was to go to the Chula world cup and be competitive. So how did you feel that year went like, like traveling more with the national team, you guys, obviously did a, like a in Southern California, went to Nashville. I remember for like a team trip and then um, to Chula Vista.
1: That was a cool year. I'll be honest. That was a really cool year. That was, like I said, the first year we had a quote unquote uh, national team. Um, I think it was, it wasn't really, I wouldn't consider a national team, but it was a group of riders in Canada that basically Ken brought around, put together. So we had people to train with and people that came into Vancouver to train. And then, yeah, we went to different places for camps. We had a camp at the beginning of the year, which was, it turned into like a dirt jumping camp. Everyone brought park bikes and we rode dirt jumps. And the whole idea was to get us to ride again, because we'd been through a winter in Canada. Nobody had been riding their bikes a lot. And low key turned out to be one of just the most fun two weeks of just riding bikes and Having a having a blast, like hitting dirt jumps, um, which was cool. We did. I remember we <laughs> we did a race after the two weeks in Bakersfield. There's a uh, yeah USA BMX race, like a pro race. What a what a bad idea that was, dude! After two weeks of just riding straight dirt oh, jumps, no blown out completely, then just trying to hop on a flat hill with not being in the gym, not training a whole lot, like just main, maintaining riding jumps. Yeah, terrible idea. It got smoked. I think it was bad. <laughs> nope. Dude, i remember it, that was the race i had like one of the the gnarliest flinches of my career where i flinched before like i flinched so so early i had time to roll back into the gate reset and then snap and keep going <laughs>
0: oh my god what the fuck? didn't you fuck jimmy up yeah i was gonna you?
1: say and he was right beside me and he, i think he got like a second that moto but he should have won i remember he was just like kind of pissed off but laughing at me after he's like that was jimmy, brutal dude." Jimmy brown. yeah jimmy brown yeah. um but yeah like the, that whole year was cool like it was the goal was, like you said, to go to Chul at the end of the year and compete at the World Cup, and we did. We, we went there. Um, somehow, I we got thrown into A practice that year for some random reason, and I think, like, points were messed up. I don't know what happened, but it was kind of a wild experience because I don't think many of us, like myself especially, was. we were trying to get around that track a lot of the time. It wasn't like racing the track. It was get around the track because it was the first big track we got to race and ride, and um, it was definitely eye-opening. It was cool, but... Like I didn't, I didn't make it a time trials that year. So it was like, it wasn't, it was a bittersweet one too. Like you just kind of there to get the experience. It was cool, but there was nothing to show for. We
0: rented that house in Bonita close to the track. Oh, that was yeah. so, that was so fucking fun.
1: Dude, that place was unbelievable.
0: That place was sick. We had the whole team staying in one house. That was, uh, I remember that, that trip was a blast.
1: That was a good time you i remember you and mish had the the master suite with like a i don't know if it was a queen or king king bed they had the jacuzzi in the room had a balcony yeah the balcony that place was unbelievable that just yeah we stayed there like a three or four times i want to say because every time we'd go back there we would try to yep. get the same house
0: Man, i really missed those chula world cups those were so fun
1: those were like the staple those were like the end of the year finisher back in the day and,
0: yeah. Yeah. What a cool place to do it too. Like in the late summer in San Diego, it's hot as fuck. And it's just really nice.
1: I wish I got to do the night races there. Cause like looking back at those ones, I know that got dewy. I know the conditions technically wouldn't have been the best, but like the atmosphere of under the lights, racing on supercross track just looks so cool.
0: Nothing like it. No. Um, so the next couple of years, obviously you keep progressing, working towards uh, improving and, and racing in the U S some more world championships, all that. What, what are the next couple of years like?
1: Um, the next couple years were different. They, uh, I'd say 2014. Um, I remember still trying my ass off to compete at the world cups. And I think it was still a little bit of a struggle from what I can remember. Like I don't, nothing was really coming out of it, but things were like progressing. I was trying to finally starting to grow. The numbers in the gym were starting to go up and things were trending in the right direction, which is cool. Um, but I still felt like I needed to change. And after I think end of 2014 around that time was the first year I kind of decided, okay, I was still going to university at the time, like for two years after uh, high school. So that was t- 2013, 2014. And then that was the time I decided like, if I wanted to, to race BMX and I wanted to live the life that I started to want, which was like a professional BMX racer that, you know, raced in the U S raced these world cups and got results. And then Olympics were starting to be on my mind at that time too. Like I needed to make a change, make a jump. And for me, that was stopping school. That was, Finding somewhere to go down south in the wintertime so I could continue to ride, continue to train, because that's what we lack up here. And um I think that was the year I was supposed to we were me and you were supposed to go stay with Connor, actually. Um was it the end of 2014 or beginning of 2015? I can't really remember. Yeah,
0: that then I broke my ankle. I had my ankle reconstructed.
1: Yeah. I remember we had that plan for a little bit and you kind of like were I felt like I was just joining you because you're already going to Connors. I was going to join you guys and you're you guys let me come. And I was like, that was a big like opening I thought for me, cause that was the first experience getting to go down South and train with fast guys like you guys and you injured yourself. And I was like, I remember thinking like, fuck, like, am I going to get to go to Connor's? Like, do I just go by myself <laughs> now? Like, what the fuck do I do here? And I, he, Connor was cool. Like he let me come for, I think there was like a month or two. I can't even remember now. And, um, got some good training in with him. And that was obviously, I had a lot of different things like throughout my career. I just take little bits and pieces. And that was the first, like one I remember taking a good chunk, a good bit there too and um so that was awesome and after 20 into 2015 was like finally starting to feel like i could start to slowly compete a little more with guys like not off the start again but starting to get in some races where i could battle and we had um the world cups they started to do the was it 2015 they started to do the format of like the the first day quality day 2014 they had it too yeah
0: 14 14 they did it yeah
1: yeah so 14 i remember doing it and fuck i can't even remember i have to look Are those it was,
0: people have- people that might not know they used to do like so the top 16 in the supercross world cup ranking would do a super final for time trial and every on the saturday basically the saturday and then everyone else would do mode you do three motos and they take the top 48 lowest scores and then they take the 48 plus the 16 for racing the next day and you start in your eighths is how it used to be
1: yeah um yeah, yeah but you looking up I was looking at if I, I got to go back to the years and see the places to remember things that went on and whatnot. And then it was
0: Manchester, Pappendall, Berlin.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Argentina and Chula. Are you talking 14?
1: Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. shit. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, 2014 was kind of the 2014 was the first year I started to feel like I was racing world cups. Now I'm trying to remember the years properly. Yeah. I was like, that was the first year. Cause that's when they brought in those like pre races to, I never made it. It sucks. I never made it through a time trial, which sucks because 2013, we did the time trial and Chula didn't make it through. I remember cramping up and having mm. issues. And so 2014, we did the, the pre-race motos and started to feel better about those because I had some success. I was able to race. And I, I'm looking back at one of the races, Manchester 2014. We're, we in, the same, we were in the same moto, I remember, for eighths. And uh, I made it through the eighths with 16, 16 points or 15 points or something ridiculous like that oh i fucking remember that i made it through with 15 points it was fucking incredible oh my god six or is it more than that dude it might have been more either way it was like there was a three-way battle for us guys in like fourth place in the moto and i had like the lowest third round score i got a fourth that one i think i went seven six five four or something to make it through
0: seven remains tire blew up on the first jump like first moto or something
1: yeah yeah. So I get it. So
0: yours was at the moto too. Yeah, that was a tough moto. Actually,
1: I, I remember not thinking it was much of a chance, but then he yeah, Romaine's tire blue, got a sixth, the first round managed a fifth, the first, the, the second round. And I remember the third round I was between you and Trent maybe, or beside one of you guys. And I was like, okay, just close your eyes. Basically not close your eyes, but close your eyes and just like haul ass between them. You know, they're going to be fast. They're not going to cut you off. Or if they are, they're going to be far enough ahead. And I did that came out with like a fourth and somehow made it through. And, um, Yeah. So that was the first year I started to feel like I was actually like, I don't know, getting into competing with guys on the world cup tour. And then same thing with 2015, like that kind of rolled in and continued a little bit more. And, had that was a fun year. I think 2015 was a lot of like, there was a lot of cool races on that, that circuit. I think that year,
0: dude, that old supercross motos format, like when we had three motos before the quarters and whatever wild shit happened. Like a lot of people, a lot of people would go like fucking seven one three or something and make it through like, you got someone who would just stay in one and just win the motos but other times actually that time we we're at the lane sequence so you couldn't do that um but yeah a lot of times like people would fucking blow up first moto and start with eight points but okay i gotta go like first second in these next two rounds
1: yeah <laughs> it was nuts even dude even yeah. the qualification rounds like the qualification motos to get into the race day dude there was so some hard. there was some wild fucking yeah. scores that made it in and also some big names getting random like bad results just because they weren't ready for the day kind of thing like it was that was a weird couple of years i thought with that that format
0: yeah and like those three rounds were no joke like you have one bad round you could be screwed for the day
1: yeah no straight up yeah it's like yeah i'm right you guys like was the goal always to like finish in lane one on the third round just so you get a fast lane pick well time to get a better lane pick the next round
0: therein lies the dilemma because if you do that you go seven six one so mm-hmm. if you got a hard moto and you go seven six you can make it really tough on yourself for sure if you're feeling confident you could do that you're like okay well if i just even if i get thirds and fourths, so i i'll have lane one third round pipe one off but i had some like sometimes had first pick and i had a tough moto i'd pick like better lanes than seven six one because it's like well fuck you start you know, like if you're on outside two rounds and you you get like a six and a four or something, like yeah, I don't know, yeah. it's a bit of a risk unless yeah. you're like super confident
1: that you can do it. I feel like it was people like Liam were doing that, like Manchester stuff, like mm-hmm. not maybe not even him in Manchester, but him he would be the kind of guy that was doing it some places. Yeah, so. like a
0: two seven four was a pretty good one, or like. um if you weren't <laughs> a couple times i wasn't feeling super confident so i go one four eight just because i want to start first round off with a good score you yeah. kind of like depend on how you're feeling but it was interesting because none of the sequences are that good really true yeah eight two three eight two three is pretty good but...
1: yeah yeah people like i was a fan of eight two three if you like had picks that was the top pick i think that was probably going one or two yeah
0: and a couple of years before it was cool because you time you time traveled well and time trial top eight. You just start in lane one, and then if you just keep winning, you just you just stay on stay on the inside.
1: What a feeling that would be. Hey, eh? just yeah, holding lane one the entire day. Yeah.
0: It, it makes the day a lot easier if you start, even if you get second, I mean you could still start in lane two the next round. It's tough. Like if you time trial poorly and start in seven, yeah, it made it a day a lot harder. So probably the sequence was better.
1: Yeah, fair. Um yeah. 2015 was like a time in a wild year. It was cool. Like that was the, the the rain race in, in Zolder, the, the crazy world cup where we yeah, decided I remember to, the all... racing
0: was shit, I had a lot of fun on the trip. Otherwise just the race day was a shit show. What a
1: joke. That thing was. Hey, <laughs> that was a, I had a fun trip though. I remember that's funny. Cause we, I, I stayed after stayed in Europe for a little bit, wrote Papandale after with a bunch of the Aussie oh, yeah, guys, New the, Zealand guys. New yeah. Went to Sweden after that and just hung out there for a while. Had like two weeks there. Finally started to learn to like, liking coffee. That was a breakthrough weekend, liking coffee. That that was where it started. Yeah. The 2015 sitting at a coffee shop in Sweden um, with like Matt Cameron and like. uh, I know the one
0: you're talking about too. It's the one like in Angle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. I went back there in 2019 to do a clinic and I literally went to the same coffee shop and I was like, this is where everyone was four years ago. (laughs) That's so random, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) I know it's, it's funny. You just yeah. have spots around the world you know of just from going.
1: Yeah, it's true. So,
0: so yeah, that's when it all that's when it all fucking started.
1: That's when the addiction really kicked in, right there. Just got my first taste of the good life, and just couldn't get off of it.
0: Dude, I remember too. We had so much fun. At the end of the year, we went to Rock Hill, and then the trip in Rio. And in Rio, we just went on the beach every day and hung <sighs> out and swam.
1: That was so fun. Dude, low-key, that was in, that was the best vacation ever. <laughs> that was awesome. Like we
0: didn't We didn't really, we didn't, like, there was no, like, real test event. We didn't race. We just kind of, like, obviously, there was a, we protested the track because it was way too fucking gnarly to ride. So, we didn't really ride. We didn't really train this end of the year. We just fucking went to the beach every day and ate acai bowls.
1: Was that ever really, have we ever really talked about that whole situation? Like, I don't, I think it was Liam a little bit, but. It's a good question. Uh, I don't think we've gone, like,
0: in-depth about
1: it. No. Though. No, but it was that was an interesting that was wild because, yeah. So that was yeah. go to Rio for the test event and show up and the track was just unbelievably gnarly.
0: It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to tell people how gnarly it is. Like I tell people, like if I tried, I wouldn't have made it around the track.
1: <laughs> Dude, it, yeah. If you think about it, no. Like I don't think so.
0: I remember looking at the third straight. Like the step up was like fucking insane, and I was like, <laughs> "There's no way." I'm like that. And I was like, "Even if I land that, I was looking." I was looking at the rollers after trying to figure out what you do. There was no option. Um, There was no like real option. Yeah.
1: Everything was built like not to spec. Like every, there were a couple jumps. I remember super tiny that were just like, you're coming full speed out of the first turn and you got two tiny little downhill jumps and then a, a huge kicky berm to that step up. Who was, that looked like a spine transfer but you're expected Mm -hmm. to be coming hauling ass into it. And then you're expected to keep going hauling ass down the third straight, but you're hitting a spine transfer. Like you have to go straight up to come straight back down. Like you're not going to be keeping your speed up through there.
0: I think there's an interesting phenomenon with the Olympics. All of a sudden the Olympics comes around and like track builders feel like we got to do something extra or different. And then I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's the Olympic year. Like we got to do something different. We got to like change something." It's like, you've done the same thing for so long. (laughs) Why? Why are we changing something? Whether it be the track or training or whatever, like there's really nothing else you extra whatever you need to do, you don't.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy, isn't it? Just keep it what you've been doing. The whole reason why you've been doing what you're doing is because it's working.
0: I know. And after like experiencing it a few times, it, it does funny stuff to some people. Like some people get carried away with like, oh, we need to do everything. We need to all of a sudden like just make sure everything is perfect. And it's like, well. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Why don't we just do what's working?
1: Yeah. So yeah. People yeah, get caught up know. in the moment. They get caught up in the moment, I think.
0: It's like, it's the Olympics. We need to do, we need to, it's a bigger event. So we need to like, I don't know.
1: Go bigger, go better. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Just chill, relax, make it a good event. Cause you've been doing that the whole time.
0: You know, the interesting thing is it's like you go, like we had it with our national team too. Like we went to Rock Hill, in 17 for like a camp and we went to like hibachi grill and like whatever some places and also went for the world and like we weren't allowed to eat there. Yeah. Cause it like wasn't as healthy. And it's like, well, we just did it for a camp and before a race weekend in USAB. So we all like, why why are we all of a sudden like trying to do everything extra good all of a sudden? I don't I don't agree with it.
1: There's weird in, there's weird dynamics with that. I'm saying dynamics a lot. There's weird like situations like that where yeah, we brought in the sports psych to give us or sorry our nutritionist to give the team advice of where to go like she looked up restaurants and it's like it's going to a place it's hard to always just look up a restaurant first of all and say this is where you should go like sure she can give suggestions because she looks at a um, Mm I mean the nutrition sheet but it's like if you've been there you got to just go to places that are taste good kind of healthy and that gets you eating food so you can get through the weekend like a lot of time you're just trying to get calories in and like don't change what you're doing like you said like we, just because there was a little too much salt in that in the rice over there or something like <laughs> we're not going to change it to, for the world it's like we're going to go where we want to go and where we want to eat
0: and then all of a sudden like why is it fine at this point in time and then we get here at this other race and it's all of a sudden we can't do that because it's not good it's like okay well we either do this all the time or we don't like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't agree with doing that right something i don't agree with doing something extra Trying to be extra special good or something before. I don't, it doesn't make sense.
1: No, I agree. We're not trying to, we, it's not like we were trying to be mediocre at that race before, and that's why we went there. That was never the goal the, the, we had the same mindset at that race. or we want to be the best we can be. And we're trying to be the best we can be at this race. That the race has just has a different title on the line. That's like the only difference. No. <laughs>
0: it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. The phenomenon around bigger races. It it's a real thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, 2015. Oh, so yeah, 16, obviously Olympic year. What were you thinking of the, the Olympic year in
1: 2016? Um, The Olympics were obviously like the the dream at that point still. Like that was the place I wanted to get to. I think I understood where I was at at that point. Like that was, it was never a, a real, I was never going to have an honest chance of getting there. Like I wasn't at that level. And that was what I kind of understood that year, but that was still always the dream. So it's never never dawned on me to like stop pushing for that. So the whole year I still like went to all the World Cups and um gained the experience, tried to get the points, tried to to do what I could to be better and um get that opportunity if I could. Um it never came about like at the meeting of the year. Like I don't remember getting any results that early that year. And that was kind of a bummer. Um I remember we had like I think was it that year? We like we had a lot of good trips that year honestly. You know, like uh, going to Columbia for the worlds was like a great time. Um but that like the beginning of the year, I remember was kind of just like, blah, nothing really happened. Nothing went for me. But after the Olympics, like, um, after the Olympics was a good, like reset for me. Like I knew that's where I wanted to get to, but I need to figure out how to get there. Cause I wasn't at that level. And, um, I, I think in end of 2015, I started working with Robert Dwylde. Like that's when I switched into 2015. So like, although we talked about that was still our goal, like we knew that wasn't realistic and like we were pushing for the next one around next time around. Um, but I ended up like after things started to click with him, like I had a great end of 2016, like a lot of good things started to happen there. And, um, was probably the, the finisher to 2016, going to 2017 was some of the best times racing and best memories I have.
0: And I'd say in, like in 2015, like in the summer and then like end of 2015, I would say, we started becoming really close too and hanging out yeah. a lot more and especially in a 2016 and then we had some good after parties, things were starting to happen.
1: Yeah. Things were flowing around that time. Things were flowing. Was it? 2015 after party in Argentina. That was a fun one.
0: That was an insane after party. That's when Tommy Zula did a backflip and smoked his face on the dance that, floor. That was the one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was,
1: I know the after party questions are going to come up. Like everyone likes to talk about that. And we joke Nick, with that. <laughs>
0: Nick was at the after party in 2015, still in his like team USA, like, Fucking track outfit like the, <laughs> he went straight to dinner and then he just went straight to the after party he's still like in in workout shorts and the team usa shirt it's just good stuff
1: unbelievable there was multi That's, there was a multi-level level whatever there's a little patio not patio what is it second floor basically of the bar or club yeah. or wherever you're at wasn't i think body like was DJing was, at one time
0: there was two parties there was like the downstairs and then the upstairs yeah uh, yeah you wouldn't, I was... see someone, you wouldn't see someone for a while like where the fuck are they at and then you go upstairs and there's raging upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just remember we went straight to the airport like we literally i remember we got back we just went straight to the airport. no sleep it's like 6 a.m we're just <laughs> straight there fantastic and then I... flew fucking 24 hours
1: home i'm pretty sure that's the i left a little bit earlier and then you came you came rolling in turned the lights on to grab our bags and we just got up and left basically
0: all right boys let's go yeah (laughs) time to go you know pretty sure that was was that the year i think that was the year when i went in i think i went in and then jimmy was fast asleep on our couch we had those apartments so jimmy was jimmy brown was asleep on the couch and i think me and you like we're getting our shit ready i think we're in the apartment yeah, yeah 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 we were yeah yeah. And then I remember I had like oatmeal and I was like playing music on my phone, trying to, I, breakfast at 6 a.m. I was trying to get Jim, uh, Jimmy awake. He wouldn't wake up. And I was like, Jimmy, like, we need to, we need to go, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had like my bags. I was like, dude, we got to go. And then he like, I said, he like finally gets up and like walks to his you room. Like, and you I like think picked him up. I think you like, like pushed him off the couch. Yeah, like, like the dude, like, We one, have like, to go. It, I like picked him up and like, kind of like let him fall on the couch. And I was like, dude, we gotta go. (laughs) And he like walked back to his room and I'm thinking he's getting his stuff. It's like been two minutes or something. And I go and check on him. He's just fucking falling back to (laughs) sleep on his bed. (laughs) <laughs> and i said like, all right fuck this i gotta take my stuff down yeah so then i go downstairs to our team truck where Ken and the rest of the team is waiting and sure enough like five minutes later jimmy file jimmy just comes strolling out somehow
1: dude it was it was the most like un- unexpected walkout I've, i remember seeing i was like how did he manage to get from where he was to downstairs and like it felt like he came three minutes after us but when we left he was he was out on, he was on the bed sleeping back from the dead <laughs> it was unbelievable
0: he was like, there was no waking him up. I'm like, I'm not. I I gotta get. I gotta bring my stuff down.
1: <laughs> at, at a certain point, you gotta start looking after number one. You got. To. I know. So yeah. that was the that was the start of one of those times where just it was just hurting. Those mornings just hurting hurt after the world the after parties. There's
0: no way I could do it now. There's no way I could stay out to like five or six, just partying all night, and then just fly 24 hours home.
1: You get you get absolutely you you get sick. Nowadays I feel like we're I'm old now too. We get we're just getting sick. I'll still do it, I'll still I need, try and I'm not good at it anymore.
0: I would need two weeks to recover.
1: At least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> but you need to go to the hospital to get an IV and just be on meds. Oh, dude, seriously, yeah. Yeah. The fact that we did uh, Argentina back to back was was it back to back, or at least it was like a late end of year Argentina twenty fifteen and then an early yeah. twenty sixteen Argentina, like those are two yeah, bangers.
0: We were back in yeah we were back in the spring for argentina
1: yeah yeah that's when corby del estero started that was yeah oh
0: yeah corby won yeah corby at yeah, yeah. 16. Yeah. pretty good actually that one i would say is a bit more mellow because we had manchester in two weeks yeah um
1: yeah that was true it was,
0: it was the olympic year so i mean you know everyone stayed out to like five but it wasn't as wild as the end of 2015 you know
1: but that's the time we showed up at midnight and nobody was there they were still sweeping the wild. floors
0: We were, I remember we were just so pumped and ready We get there. We're thinking we're walking to a fucking raging after party. We get there. There's not one person there.
1: Like we're not even kidding you. Not one person. Not one person. The people at the bar were still like wiping things up and they were like, looked at us like we're the just craziest people that are there for just, what are you doing here at this early? So I'm pretty sure
0: we stayed, right? We just stayed and like waited for people.
1: Yeah, there was like, there was like a couches at the front entrance area and we just hung out a while and BMXers, of course, were the first people to roll in until like all the locals eventually came probably like hours later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not a good feeling being the first one at a party. It's much better to walk in when people are like already into it and a little tipsy and you walk in and everyone just fucking hyped. That's the way to enter an after party.
1: There's there's a reason why people come fashionably late. There's a fucking reason about it. Yeah. there was like
0: 2 or 3 and then it's finally to start starting. I feel like I don't I feel like I left it like 5 or something. Yeah. Or four or something. I don't even remember. And dude, there's people lined up to come in. I'm like, what is wrong with you people?
1: Like we're going home to sleep. Like what are you doing up at this hour? You're just starting your night? Like what? What are we doing? Like I think
0: they they sleep and they wake up and have dinner at like fucking 11 and then they just go a couple hours. Then they
1: pregame and they'll go to the party at like 3. Insane, isn't it? Like that's just not right which is just
0: an unbelievable schedule to be on. And there's no way I could do that.
1: I would like to know what their next two days look
0: like. The next day is a complete (laughs) write-up.
1: They just sleep right to what's a siesta at the middle of the day. They just sleep right to their siesta time. Just keep sleeping. Yeah.
0: So realistically, they must get home at like eight or 9 a.m. sleep until the evening and then just have dinner. And then, I don't know, I guess you just go to bed again. Your sleep schedule would be so effed
1: up. You'd be screwed. Yeah, you'd be completely screwed at that point.
0: Yeah, so that's I mean That'd that's be a brilliant. wild scene. Yeah, I mean everyone's going to do that again. I don't. Everyone's going to do that again next year in Del Estero. Although I don't think it's going to be quite like that anymore.
1: I'm fuck. I hope it is, dude. I think it might be. I don't know. I hope they burn it to the ground again. I don't. It's hard to. It's hard to think that they built up Santiago Diego Del Estero again in the two years we've been gone because we burnt that place to the ground once. I don't know how they're going to get it back.
0: It's just outright disrespectful to go to Del Estero and not party.
1: And they're they're going there for two weeks too. I mean, what what else are you going to do?
0: It's, it's disrespectful to not burn it to the ground when you, <laughs> you think it's, kind of, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're you're just disappointing the people that came before you in the BMX world.
1: It's the one thing, you, you no matter what happens at racing there, you just look forward to that thing. You really do. <laughs> um, so obviously
0: 16 was a busy year too. Like you said, you obviously didn't go to the, the, the 16 Olympics. I will say we had a fantastic pre-Olympic camp. I was in Chula Vista and you came and joined us. Yep. And we had, uh, you held the Olympics, which I mean, fantastic time.
1: Dude, That was, like I said, like that second half of the year was one of the, yeah, things really took a turn. I think it was a lot of fun. Um, that was random starting to ride
0: really, really well on supercross too.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I finally, things were starting to click a little more. Like I said, been working with Robert for probably about a, just under a year. We're starting to grow a little bit, get stronger. Everything was coming around and, um, it was an interesting way, like how that all turned out, just helping you. I was at a race. It was a BMX Canada race in Victoria. Adam texted me basically like, you guys are in Trula getting ready for Olympics. It's like, He's like, do you want to come down and like help T out ride? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm going to get paid to, you're going to pay for my trip to come down there and hang out and race or ride with him? Like absolutely. Like I'll be down there heartbeat. So I remember my parents came over for, were they over? But if they brought stuff over, I remember to Victoria for me, I flew from Victoria. And then I came down, had a sick, that was such a fun camp. Just,
0: That was so fun. That was was really fun. We just rode the Rio track, like, or it was a London, the Rio track, like whatever, every
1: day that was so fun. That was a good time. And, um, even so, even just getting in that atmosphere of like working with you, like just training with you was fun. It was, had some fun battles where it's kind of funny where, People that don't know, like we would do full laps at one time, but I was obviously a little bit behind on the first straight. So I remember we we talked through. It's like, all right, James, you're gonna take the inside in the first turn. I'm gonna go wide, and you're just gonna come on the inside, and then we'll keep battling after. And I was like, okay, got it. Like, let's do it.
0: <laughs> I remember we did the first straight. Then I'd peel off to the top. You'd come underneath, and I'd try and pass you on the yeah. track. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, That's that Had some good cat and mouse stuff on the track. That was good.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I was feeling really good at that time. So that was a lot of fun. So then watching the Olympics was a blast. And then my goal at still at that time was actually national champs. Cause, um, so for me, one of the, one of the big goals I've always wanted to accomplish as much as I can was like national champion. To me, that was one of the coolest achievements, having the sleeve, like seeing you with the sleeve for years and years. Like that was to me, always the coolest thing for every, anyone around the world, seeing it on them too. So that was always something I wanted to accomplish. And a lot of years, like I've had that as one of my major goals, major targets I mean, on, on, my schedule. Um, so that was one of the years like I really wanted to try to compete against you and try to get in. Um, you coming off the Olympics like gave me a good chance, I felt like, because it's like the amount of stuff you had to do after and like autograph signings, like coming off the Fucking Olympic weekend. high. That
0: was the weekend after too. That was wild. Yeah.
1: Like thinking about it, like people don't realize until I guess, yeah, thinking about it, like if I had to race the weekend after the Olympics, like, oh my God. dude, it's incredible. Like it's absolutely incredible to think you had to do that. So,
0: Honestly, that's like probably one of the weeks I had to dig deep the most in my career. And it sounds like crazy because there's national champs, which is obviously a big race, but it's like, we've done bigger races. But when you, yeah, like after like obviously making the man at the Olympics, like being close to a medal, not winning one, it just felt like mentally and physically exhausted and like proud, but also like sad and like yeah. crazy. And all of a sudden I was, I was literally home for two days. and then I flew to Calgary. That was wild.
1: Dude, it's, I can't, like, I can't even, like I said, I can't imagine... That turnaround and then having to race it too such a weird dynamic
0: it's so. weird that like once 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 i got into practice and everything it was it was like kind of fine like once you get into it it's okay but just like initially thinking like fuck dude i gotta yeah. go race
1: again this weekend
0: i gotta say we had one hell of a battle in the main
1: national champs that was a really good race that was a lot of fun that was like the whole event <laughs> oh, it's itself true. itself was cool because they finally they felt like they put us on a little, like the pros, on a little bit of a pedestal when it came to racing. Oh, totally,
0: dude. It was on, it was on TV and everything.
1: Yeah, it was. It was sick. So we, we had, I remember, we had, yeah, three rounds to a main. So we did two rounds to start the day early in the morning. We went back to the hotel for hours, whatever. Had lunch, had a coffee back at the hotel, and then came back for third round in main in the evening. And um so yeah, that was it. Was a blast. Like racing too was like good. Like we were in separate motos the whole time, and then we met up for the main. And I remember. Time trial, I, I really wanted to try to beat you in time trial. Didn't obviously like that was like, it was close, but didn't. So then racing, I remember you picked eight cause the, in, in Calgary, like the, the center grates, they have a huge bump when it hits the asphalt after. So they're not awesome, but that was yeah. kind of like my, my, let's, let's say my inner, my opportunity to just get an inside line on you. And, uh, dude, I, had a, I remember having a fucking flyer of a gate too, pretty good. And thinking, yep. I, thinking I had you for a bit, I popped it up for like two pedal strokes too long, I think. And it was like, kind of like, fuck, need to get this down. And I think we bumped over the second jump still. I was like, I'm driving it in there. And just <laughs> went, I remember jumping the jump into the corner, and just window closing, be like, fuck, there it goes.
0: That was such a, yeah, I remember. We, I don't think we did a gate together in practice. Probably not. We,
1: no.
0: yeah. I don't think so. We were in two separate motos. So we did our first two in the morning. And then, yeah, we did our first two motos in the morning, had a couple hours. So we went and got lunch and coffee, like you said we did the third round that went to the main and i remember thinking okay i'll i'll pick eight because i was because i was actually thinking i was like well i'll pick eight because that way i can like hopefully get across and cut james off because i was like if i pick like naturally like you pick one if you have the first pick but i was like if i pick one then james has the whole outside to work with and then he could like try to high low or come underneath me in the first corner or something yeah and i was actually thinking like, okay eight might be like a better option because if i you know, if I get out well, I can cut across. Then he's not going to have a pass in the first corner. <laughs> Which was my thought process. I remember I had a good start. And yeah, fuck yeah, you did too. And like halfway down the hill, I'm like, okay, like we're even. Like, you know, still, yeah. we're good. First jump, I get over it clean. Still even. I'm like, okay. Second jump, still even. I was like, dude, I got to get across fucking now. <laughs> we need to get moving here. What are we doing? I was like, come on, baby, get through the gearbox. Get through the gearbox. <laughs> And i remember trying so hard to get across and i think i barely got an elbow like on the jump into the first corner like barely got around
1: yeah i remember bumping on the second jump and i think that's when you kind of you started like the, the gear shift went like you had a, i think you had a bigger gear on than i did that's for sure like i had. A... i did Here's, you know it's a funny story with that i still had a i had a 50 18 on right yeah
0: and i remember i was gonna change it after the olympics to put, i was gonna put like a 47 or something smaller on for calgary because the hill's kind of flat Yep. yeah I literally like took my back wheel off and I was like, oh fuck, I got to cut a new chain. And I was like, (laughs) I was literally literally like, all right, fuck it. I'll just run the 50 and I shouldn't, (laughs) there's no way I should have. It was way too
1: big for that track. No, you, and that, to be honest, you probably, thank God you picked eight, then you had time to get going and shift because you needed to shift late in that straight with it. Yeah. If it was, yeah, if we're, yeah, I mean yeah that was, that yeah, yeah. was kind of slow too and i remember i remember laughing because well, you it. hit it after because i think brandon had like, i don't know what pick brandon had brandon reed brandon was like a snap guy he would snap really quick but he, at the time like he wasn't fully committed to racing so he had a quick snap and a, a first pedal and that was kind of it but his timing was so quick and i remember both thinking like all right he's fucking beside us we need to chill like just i remember just being like okay just stay calm like just don't snap on red like just you know, give yourself a second I hundred percent. I, I, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Cause
0: especially he would snap, like he would come back and high. So he'd leave early thing, and you'd feel like if someone's doing that beside you, you feel like you're late, even though you're not. Yeah. So I'm like, remember, okay, just focus on the red light. Just like see it, just <laughs> be patient. Just like,
1: just come out clean, baby. Oh, that's so funny. I remember like I going in the first turn, I had to like pull back behind you and just slide in. And I, that was I wish I'd like had, I did that earlier because coming down the second straight, I had a really good second straight and with no chance, like jumped to the inside into the second turn just to see where I'd be. And I remember like, I got Loki kind of close to T-boning you, but was never planning to do that. Like I, I was hoping I could get close enough for the window to be open, but like I knew early that it wasn't, I still just went for the same line because I wasn't worried about getting passed after. And yeah, I remember getting like, it was kind of like you watch the video, you're like, whoa, he was like kind of going in for a T-bone there. Imagine if you just fucking teed me up and oh, just sent me. That epic. would be unbelievable. So, the rest of that race, too, like I remember, like the rhythm section Calgary super long. I was kind of like, all right, I'm sliding in for a second, whatever. Three quarters down the rhythm section, I, you did something and like bobbled or something. And I thought you were flying off the track. And I thought, first, sp- oh, really? Yeah, for a split second, I thought my window was back open. And then it was like, nope, and whatever. Window. Window. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you wrote really well there. You're super quick. And then the last couple of world cups, rock Hill, Sarasota. So that was a big moment for you in rock Hill, obviously you made your first ever world cup main.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a really cool. one cause that, like I said, the whole second half of the year was, was going well after national champs, we had really good training blocks after that's when a lot of kink times were beaten. I think after that, which was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. like the camp before that rock Hill race. And, um, I think I just started to, yeah, figure out a lot of the racing out for like a world cup and like how to race it, not just how, but like understanding to, um, to drive it in a little bit more like in a pack down the first straight, you need to learn how to just be in there and be tight so you can be competitive for the rest of the track and started to do a good job of that. And that was the first weekend that things actually really clicked. And yeah, I ended up going on to make my first world cup main, which was at that point. Yeah. Not a shock, but it was huge because I hadn't made a semi at that point either. Um, had a really good like I can't remember the quarterfinal, but had a really good semifinal too to make it in. Like that semi was, for me, one of those all-time races I remember because, um, had it got squeezed down the first straight, was kind of in the mix, slotted into like fifth place I think out of the first turn. Um, that was it was the the light was terrible. The sun was so bad. I remember down the second straight. I think I think it was still in the semi. Still bad. Yeah slot into fifth though, and then it was basically for two straightaways. I was lining up Renault to make a pass to to get in. Like last turn, swooped like high low, swooped him, came under, passed him, and then uh, came across the line. You're in third place, and you look back, and me just like fired up after for doing that. And yeah, yeah
0: I, back, I was like, yeah, me Yeah, I remember
1: that too. That was oh, dude. That was such a cool moment too. And to feel like yeah. I like I raced into the position too, and it wasn't just given. Like that was a cool cool thing about it
0: straight up earned your first world cup main did you, did you have a feeling like in the gate for the semi did you have a feeling like fuck this is a big opportunity i just really want to make the main
1: um i think a little bit i don't dude i don't even remember some of these moments like i get like i go just like completely blank sometimes i don't remember it i don't really remember a whole lot of that um dude i don't even know i just think it was yeah i was just you get to that point, you've never been there. So the only thing you can do is just race race hard. Like, that's what I think I remember. Like multiple times is just like, you haven't been in this, like a semi for a while or even a main event. Like it was just like, okay, well, like this is the first you ever made it. Like, this is just gravy right now. You already raced a great race day. You had a good weekend, like just go hard and it's going to be gravy on top. So I think that's what happened. And when you race like that and you're not concerned about anything else, like that's when you race your best. And that's, that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Um, taking that into 2017 also like coming back for the the world in 2017 like you almost made the world cup or the world's main that year also
1: yeah that 2017 to me was one of those years i consider like um a break i don't know it's kind of weird a breakthrough year i guess like i i started to be like i started to be a rider who felt like i was consistently battling with more top guys at world cups i wasn't battling in main events obviously but it was like eighth finals quarter finals i was there battling and with a shot to I don't know, to, to get a result in that race or move on further, like 2017 world cup and Papendal, there. I, I remember having eighth final that was extremely stacked. And like, I remember getting through that eighth final. It was, I've talked about it before is one of I think the most stacked eighth final I've ever seen. And like thinking mm-hmm. like, if I just make it through this, like this, that's a win for me in my books and whatnot. And then having mm-hmm. some quarterfinals too, where I was battling, like that was, it felt like I was making progress at that point. Like I got to a different stage in my career, which was really cool. Cause Everyone, like, you don't really realize at the time, but everyone can look back at different moments where they start to hit a different level. And that was Mm -hmm. the start of, like, me hitting a different level, I felt like, which was really cool. So.
0: What helped you get to a new level, do you feel like?
1: I don't, like, I don't really know. I think it was a combination of a lot of things, though. Like, I think it started with getting, starting to grow physically, starting to, adapt to the racing starting to be more mentally confident. I think that was huge. Like training with you more often at those times, like 2016, hang out with you then um, feeling like I was competitive in training and that, like that confidence just builds over time. And when you have somebody like yourself, who's like, who is competing at the highest level, like battling for podiums at world cups. And if you're feeling like you're keeping up to them or almost able to compete with them, like in training, like your confidence goes up because you, you have belief that you can do it too. So that's what I think helped a lot because after that, it was like, I felt like I wasn't the tracks. It was like, I was able to race the people on the track, not worrying about having to, I won't even say race the track. That was never an issue, but it wasn't like I was just trying to stay in the race. I was there to compete for a good result in the race. And the confidence just grew on that. And then like things just kept going and going. And like, I think there's was, what was it? Two weekends of world cups, Papandau world cup and Zolder world cup back to back 2017. Like, both ones. I felt like I was competing well and I just didn't get a result, but mentally it felt like I had made a jump. So I was still very confident like that year, which was cool.
0: It's amazing how like riding with other good riders really helps you because it gets to a point where it's like, and it's, I mean, obviously the same thing for everyone. Like you see someone you're riding with and you're like, well, they're doing it. Like, why can't I do it?
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it is wild how that works. Like yeah. I've, I talked about, like, you know, I went over to Connor's place. Like, riding with Connor, like, I wasn't keeping up speed-wise, but I could uh, have fun with him with skill-wise. Like, I was re- – so confidence in my skills, like, grew then. Competing with you in training, like, daily, like, I was co- I was able to, like, be there behind you, keeping up, trying to push you, and that builds confidence. In the later years, mm-hmm. like, riding with Romaine and Joris, like, I know how fast they are. I know that if you're – if I'm anywhere close to them, I'm going to be fine in racing. Like, having those guys to go after and compete against, it's like – you don't always have to be beating them. You don't even have to be like even with them, but having them to chase and know you're getting closer or you are close to them. Like that's, that's a huge confidence builder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No question. I mean, you wrote great too. The second half of 17 almost made the main a rock hill and made your second world cup main in Argentina that year.
1: Yeah, that was a cool one. Again, that was, um, like I talk about the confidence, but it's like, that was like the whole year. I felt like nothing was going the right way. And I was like, okay, this kind of annoying, like can't, I'm not getting to where I need to be or what I thought I could be. Cause after a world cup, after you make a world cup, finally, you're like, Oh, this is easy. I got it all figured out. Like, here we go. And then the year comes around, like it's not happening. Although you have confidence, nothing's happening. And then the, um, yeah, the final world cup of the year in Argentina was, I think it was the first day I made the main. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I crashed actually in practice. Dude, Molina, absolutely just cross jumped the shit out of us in practice, uh, Saturday morning um, I ended up getting caught up and eating shit, like scraped my whole back up. And somehow I think that probably let me ride a little more free. Cause after that it was like, okay, whatever Fucking already crash today. might as well just go balls to the wall. And then, um, I'm trying to remember the actual racing stuff, but yeah, I had some good races battled really well, which just in the pack battling again. And, um, how did I get in there? Did I, hide? was that that one? There was a couple good Argentina moments in my head and I couldn't remember which was which, but, um, yeah, I was like, it, was, it was cool that things finally came about again. Like It felt like it wasn't, after I made the second one, it wasn't a fluke. Like The first one wasn't a fluke anymore, which is cool. Like Everyone goes through it. If you have one good result, I think it gets to a point, if you don't do it again right after, you start to question, Like, oh, was that a fluke or does people think it was a fluke? Do people believe I, I earned it kind of thing? So to make a second one, I felt like it was a little bit more of like, okay, yeah, I can, I can compete and people can see that I can compete with these guys.
0: And was it was end of seventeen that you that you signed with uh, with John and Claiborne? And answer,
1: pretty much. Yeah, I consider it beginning of twenty eighteen, but it was end of twenty seventeen, beginning of twenty eighteen. Yeah,
0: obviously that must have been a cool moment too to sign with a team like that in the U.S.
1: Yeah, yeah, huge. I think for me, I was I talk about it like I don't I never had the one specific goal in my mind as a kid like this is exactly what I wanted to do. But as I grew up, like riding for a team in the U.S. was always a dream. Like that was some of the coolest things I could think of. Was like be a part of a factory team in the U S not just to say you're a factory rider, but to ride for a team that goes to the USA nationals that supports the riders fully and like backs you 100%. And so end of 2017, like I was, I was with yes for a bunch of years and like, that was awesome, but I was ready to do something different. I wanted something more like they weren't able to help that much, unfortunately. So when I remember, I think I reached out to you first. I was like, I'm pretty sure like, you know, John owns Claiborne now. Um, I don't think they have a pro rider anymore, like kind of thing. And, Yeah, I ended up reaching out eventually to him and that all came about and it was weird how that came about like I was still new and like how to how to talk about riding for a team and trying to or trying to decipher that whole um, path but man it was cool to finally make that official and like to to be part of the team to get the jersey the bikes all that for the first time like go to Black Mountain for the season open as part of the team and whatnot that was unreal experience.
0: It's always hard to, it's always hard and awkward to talk to sponsors too and talk about like terms of the deal and you know, money numbers and that kind of stuff. So how is it going through? Like you probably did it before with yes to a point, but like probably a bit more with John, I'm guessing, right?
1: No, yeah, way more with John. I think that was the first I'd say first real experience having to talk to so how was that experience? Cause it's a hard
0: thing to do. And especially the first time it's terrifying.
1: No, like, I was terrible at it the first time. Like I was talking to like, I would reach out to a couple people to, to like see what's available out there for options. And I remember one thing sounded good. So like, okay, maybe I'll take this. But then John basically offered this and it was kind of like, Oh, I'm taking that. But somebody else offered something that I thought was a little better. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should take this. And I went to talk to John. He was like, but like, you got to make, basically got to make your mind up and he was pretty stern about it in a good way. Like I learned a lot of respect out of this and, um, giving respect, you get respect back. And it's kind of like, you got to make your mind up kind of thing. And he offered me a little extra to, to come on board. And I was like, you know, I like, I, I respect what you're offering. And I, I don't like, I want the relationship you provide to your riders. Like I want that basically. And, um, just was like basically an instant yes. And went from there and yeah, it's like, I didn't have to discuss much with them, but even like that dynamic of just talking about it when you're kind of have two options at the same time is weird because I don't know, it's not talked about in our world. Our, our budgets are, sorry, our, uh, what we're getting paid is not public. It's not like the NBA where that's all public knowledge or, you know, PGA tour where they're just making millions and that's public knowledge too. It's like, it's almost under the table. So it's a weird, it's weird talking about it, even with the sponsors themselves.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to know what to ask for. Like, like among friends, you might talk about it, but especially most of the contracts have like non disclosure. So you're not allowed to tell anyone what you're earning, which in fact really end of the day hurts the riders because then a lot of times the riders don't know what they're worth and will end up riding for less or whatever. So it's advantageous. like as a company to have that, but um, it's like I said, it's tough to do the first time. It's like, you know, it's not easy to talk to like the owner of a company and say like what you think you should get paid or or you know, you, you feel like you deserve more or whatever. It's it's hard to do. Um so but often. like yeah, and obviously, like you've been with John and answer since and he's like I've had a lot of different sponsors in and out of BMX and outside the industry and stuff, and like he's no question one of the most loyal people I've ever met in terms of supporting his his people and his riders through no
1: matter what. Dude, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, you can't say like there are some people in this world that just are really there, just good people to help the sport and like want to support you and he's one of them. Like the whole team is. Like the second time around, like after 2021, trying to have, um so my contract I remember with him started, it was just a 2020, and then the whole COVID year happened, then we were on delay. So I basically one time I was like, Hey, can we just can we just extend a year till next year and then till after the Olympics and then we'll sort it out? He's like, Yeah, sure, sounds good. So that was so easy. And then after that it was ending. So I was like, that was the first time around I had to kind of go back to him and be like, let's not negotiate, but like, I want to talk about, you know, different terms now. Like I was a different rider at that like, the next time around. And uh, it was, man, it's awkward, but it's, it's funny when you have somebody like him, like there was no reason to be awkward about it. Like I went in there nervous, shaking, like, here's what I think I do better. Here's what I think I can offer more compared to what I was getting paid for before. So like, can we go up to this? And he's like, you know, like, I think that's easy that's awesome how about i give you a little bit extra actually like because he reached out to me and like lent his hand i was like like that's how that's the kind of person he was he's like i see what you're doing here's like let's go a little bit more and it was incredible yeah he's he's that kind of guy
0: and i know especially going through covid like all businesses suffered i mean every every business i think in the planet lost um lost sales of product stuff just wasn't moving obviously with nothing going on, not much going on in the world and and shipping like nightmare or whatever, but he still paid all his riders and employees and everything the whole time and supported me through my concussion injury and like still now. So, I mean, yeah, can't, I know we like obviously represent his brands, but I can't say enough good stuff about that guy.
1: Yeah. People say, yeah, yeah we're just, we're doing it for a reason. It's not just because we're just, yeah, represent them. It's like when a, a good person is out there supporting you either way, like you want to give them the respect they deserve it. He's one of those guys that deserves it.
0: Neither of us would still be wearing S squared or answer or Claiborne stuff. If it wasn't like that, but yeah. other sponsors too, like you get injured and say, like, okay, see ya. Like you can't do much for me. It's, it's like very transactional. It's like, you don't want to say they use you because you know, going in that it's like, you know, you got to perform, you got to do whatever for them and they're going to support you. But it's like, it's still at the end of the day, something's, you know, if you get hurt or whatever happens and they stop supporting, it's still like kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Cause it's like, 100%. well, really you never gave a fuck like you really didn't you're not investing in like me you're investing in
1: what like you know what, what you have to offer at the time like you're not investing in oh, the person yeah. you have they're just what they have to offer at that time
0: and honestly generally if i think if you advice for young riders too like you probably need to go to into any sponsorship expecting that to happen and hoping that it won't but yeah. there's a chance that especially outside BMX, like inside BMX, obviously the world's a bit smaller and you know people know people and you generally care about people you're with but outside of sport especially like it's pretty ruthless sports ruthless with that
1: yeah it helped it helped knowing like you told me like what to expect and whatnot and like here's like if you won't go if you do sign with Claiborne, like this is what you can expect and that helped a lot because those expectations were like he's not gonna you're not gonna get demands on you you have to do this and this like you'll be supported fully for whatever you kind of want to go after so i made that clear what i wanted to go after and they were there to support that through it all like
0: yeah i'm glad you bring that's one thing unique about i mean we're kind of, we're talking about john and answer a lot but there's no pressure to like do races or whatever and that was so new to me coming from redline Like we had to go to like you know we had to go to all the races we had to you know do all this stuff but with john it's like yeah you're free to do what you want really as long as you're a good person and represent well, which like honestly is just the dream for the rider because then you feel so freed up like you don't you don't it's like you just don't have a bad couple races you're not you're not stressed like fuck am i gonna you know lose yeah. a sponsor or where it's like other companies it's like well you're not performing like you know you be better
1: <laughs> Did I, so like i growing up like trying to get sponsors is always it's kind of like a it's a cool thing let's be real it's pretty cool to try to get sponsors when you're an athlete mm-hmm. or whatnot and like i tried to be someone that was good to the sponsors and i would send race reports like quarterly or like every every few months after races and like I remember going with John. I was like, man, I should probably make sure I send him updates and all this blah, blah, blah. He's probably going to want to know everything that's going on. And I started to realize, I, I was like, I don't, I don't think he's too worried about it. He understands like, you know, we're racers. We have our goals. Like as long as we're going after them, he's not worried about it. Like, yeah, do your thing. You got the coaches to help you with that for a reason.
0: Honestly, riders are excellent for a reason. And if you sponsor them, like you clearly believe in them, just let them do their thing. And like, it's yeah. talking to like and companies now, like, just let the, like just give the rider what they need to perform their best. And then just like, leave them alone. And then they'll probably go and they'll probably go and do their best.
1: It's wild, yeah. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. There's no reason to put no, extra pressure so- on somebody.
0: No, it's like athletes put so much pressure on themselves. The last thing they need is the company breathing
1: down their neck too. Yeah, Dude, it was. I remember so t- the first race after signing with them. Um, I think we raced in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Are> we- <laughs> yes, Oldsmar, baby. Oh Phoenix my
1: York. god, this is unbelievable! What a tough start. So the first time I ever like meet John in person, I'm riding for him for claiborne this year. We're, this is Oldsmar, beginning of the year, the first like non World Cup, World Cup of the year, and I'm like, I'm nervous, but super excited. Like I'm still, I'm coming off a great year. 2017 was fantastic. Get the new sponsor. Was living in Chula the entire winter. Like just feeling great. Everything's going good. First moto. In 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 Oldsmar, come out of the first turn, I hole shot it. I can't remember who's in the motor, hole shot it. Like in my head, like I knew John was out there too. I, I'm pretty sure I knew he was out on the track watching,
0: standing yeah, on the infield watching. Yeah.
1: yeah, knew he was out there watching. Come out of the first turn and blow a chain, leading the the pack in first, and just like world just came crumb, not crumbling down, but it's just like I, I was like, no fucking way. You got to be shitting me. How the hell does this happen? I hole shot the race, chain hasn't popped off in in how long or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, that sucks. It must have been a fluke. So we, um, what do we do? We fixed the bike. We just, I, mean, I think I just went back to the pits. Adam helped me. We, we did something. How many times has this happened? We did something. I think we switched. Um, oh, it was. We thought maybe like we need to switch the cranks or something. Maybe the spider was bent on the, the cranks or something because we checked everything else. Everything seemed fine. So Adam gave me the cranks off his bike and um, go to race second, second round now, thinking, okay, whatever, we'll be all right. First things first didn't realize till after the cranks were 180s when not 175 so i hop in the gate oh man. yeah so i hop in the gate i didn't know this but until after but popped a popped a pretty good start off again whole shotted the second round again and i was like no fucking way two rounds in a row whole shot and like things are clicking right now but like we're moving right now and come out of the first turn boom chain pops off again like virtually the exact same spot if i remember correctly too i'm like what the fuck is going on like this is this is insane right now um Got back to the pits and I was like, I also was like, dude, that felt kind of funny. Like the start felt weird. I don't know what was going on. And Adam checked, and I had 180s on, not 175s. So we 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 switched things up again, and I think we got new chain ring, new chain, new cog, like everything swapped it out. And I went to do a sprint on the road. What? New drivetrain. Basically, yeah, whole new drivetrain. Put my original 175 cranks back on, um, and then. I think I went for a sprint on the road and like something happened again. I think, I don't know if it skipped off again, but I was like, something's wrong here. Something's weird. So I didn't race the third round and then just got it sorted, tightened up the chain, everything for the second day. And I remember, I think I raced the second day, I think, but I honestly can't even remember how it went. It wasn't anything good. I think I was worried about the chain probably the whole time. Um, long story. What? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think like long story short, I think what happened was, we went back and like tested the frame, I think. And I think it got damaged in travel because I was using it before I went to Oldsmar. Everything was fine. After that race, it had issues again. And I went to my other, my my backup bike and it was completely fine after that. And then I got a new frame and it was completely fine. So I'm pretty sure it got cracked in in transport or something, which sucks because, I mean, yeah, blew an entire weekend because of that. I remember the boys were
0: having all kinds of problems that weekend. I was having all kinds of problems on my end too. I remember before the quarter on Sunday,
1: I was on flat. top.
0: Yeah. I'm on top of the Hill. Like I'm literally like fucking behind the gate or a couple to go. And I think we have like a, we have like a couple minutes before about to go. And Carlos Ramirez is like, dude, Tori, you're missing a chunk of your back tire. Sure enough. There was a chunk out of my back tire <laughs> and like a tube was just exposed. And I'm like, there's, I had, how did Kate pause? How does that happen?
1: I don't really know. I think it's gotta do with, you get like a, a crack in the tire somehow. And then like it, it peels off. I don't know, dude. It's really weird.
0: So weird. I remember there's, I was like pause for a second. I was like, should I go? I was like, there's no, no it's not worth the risk. Cause you're gonna eat you're gonna pop, you're gonna eat. It's just not worth it. So I remember anyway, I took my bike down and like all like Blake, John, Adam, like there was like three to five people just like manhandling my bike, trying to fix it. <laughs>
1: They're probably like, just stay calm. You should stay cool, stay ready. And you're like, dude, it's hard to stay calm right now when you got this many people around your bike.
0: I'm just standing there like helmet, goggles, gloves full on. There's a bunch of people looking. I'm just standing there at the bottom of the hill like, okay, well, this is going to be ready in time.
1: <laughs> you keep looking up the hill, see where they're at. Oh, they run yet? Nope. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> anyway, made it out
0: of the quarter. Didn't make it out of the semi. And I remember we left racing early to go watch Supercross because we both had a shitty
1: weekend. Oh, that was that day, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was shitty, so Hey, at least we got to watch some went soupy long. after.
0: It was a great time at Supercross. I remember I had a hot dog that was like a foot long. Remember <laughs>
1: dude, that? dude, the wiener stuck out of the bun like two inches on
0: either side. It was like, no joke. We're talking <laughs> thirty centimeters. <laughs> it was hell
1: of a glizzy, dude. That was a glizzy.
0: <laughs> that was one big wiener.
1: <laughs> oh, whatever. That was fun. That was once again like just might have been a shit show, but it was a fun trip. So,
0: dude, it's crazy to. Our last team trip together was Baku that year.
1: It's wild, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Cr- like, who like imagine someone would have told us like, yeah, this is the last time you guys would travel to a race together. Like Dude, that's wild.
1: I don't Yeah. It's, it's nuts to think about now. No one ever tells you when the yeah. last time is.
0: It's so true. Like you just never know when your last race is going to yeah. be.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I still, honestly, I still think about that once in a while. Is, I mean, I think people pretty much know that's where I got my concussion and led to my retirement. Yep. Anyway, I remember like I remember like the race day. We were in the same moto, but I remember like I went, I went back to the house, or I think I stayed at the house because I was doing like a warm up on stairs. I was doing some like up like plyo warm up. I had, me and Ph had developed. Yep. So I did like warm up at the house and like rode over the track like 20 minutes before warm up that day. And it's just like crazy to think like there I was warming up on the steps, like going through my routine, like no clue that I was about to just never race again after that day. Like that's wild.
1: It's shocking. Yeah. It is. Uh Like it's crazy. It can, it can happen that fast for anybody out there. Like that's why you just, they say enjoy the process. Cause like it can happen. Boom. Blink of an eye.
0: Like you just never. Yeah. Last race.
1: Boom. It's so wild. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. That That was was
0: a, a super fun trip we had I remember we all our whole team rented that house in that neighborhood it was like yeah. kind of fucking weird though it was, it
1: was. Like, whole- i
0: don't know how to explain it but the house was weird
1: dude they're like huge ass randomly awkward designed houses with different weird rooms that, like our we stayed in the same room you had you had one bed and i was like in another bed that was against a window but it was like an, a circly shaped kind of room with a weird bathroom like took steps up to the bathroom dude it was really funky yep so.
0: the house had like weird weird like I don't even know like designs or like architecture architecture yeah. yeah it was breakfast oh we're we're talking the worst breakfast you've ever had and we had it a week straight Dude. there's like a comment for
1: breakfast it was horrific the the worst thing I've ever had were the eggs there I throw like I puke. I think I almost like gag thinking about them in my in my head. They were just like runny, not really super cooked, well cooked eggs that were just no flavor to them, nothing good about it. But it was like the only I don't know good protein there. If I remember,
0: there was like those shitty eggs you had to have. There was like a bunch of cherries randomly. That was the only fruit. (laughs) They had probably some like shitty cereal. I don't even know. Yeah, and they had fucking instant coffee. Imagine that for a week straight. Dude, no thanks. It was crap. It's crap. I didn't. I remember the dude. The best part is like that last day we were there. We were there an extra day. Me and you walked over. We walked like ten minutes to this hotel across. We walked. We're like, all right, fuck this. Racing is over. Got a concussion the day before. We're like, we don't care how much it costs. Like we're going to the nice hotel across the street. We're getting a fucking nice breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you not. We walk across the street to a nice hotel. We go up to food. They have the same fucking breakfast. <laughs>
1: Dude, I don't understand how the fuck we ended up paying for the same shit breakfast in a different place. Letdown of my career is that breakfast. We walked into and like I think we knew instantly we were just Do we just pay like we didn't we paid for we paid for it before we even saw the room we were walking into just yeah. thinking we were yep. getting a good breakfast. I remember as soon as we walked in we were like, "Oh, is this the right fucking place? Is this where we're supposed to be? Like this is the same thing."
0: Unbelievable that we walked 10 minutes, paid money to have the same
1: breakfast. I remember not enjoying it either. There's nothing better about that place at all. Terrible. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah.
0: Terrific breakfast. Obviously, they have the same shitty supplier that just has runny e- runny eggs and cherries and fucking Cheerios or whatever.
1: Crap. <sighs> yeah. That, was something. that yeah. was something. I'll be honest. That whole 2018 was kind of a shit year. I'll be, it was pretty shit. Like, it was from such a high... Coming off 2017... Signing with Dick like, answer at Claiborne the end of the year, things trending seemed like great. Like going in the first World Cup was, was it Paris?
0: Nothing went great for me that year either. Like hurt my back really bad in yeah. Paris. Couldn't race the first day. Yeah.
1: It was shit. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So like Paris, I actually felt really good at Paris. Like it was the first fast gate I felt like at a World Cup and I was actually, like it was, like, it was so fast. Dude, it was unbelievable. And it was the first time I was like, this is the best fucking gate I've ever, a pro gate I've ever ridden. <laughs> and I was like, I felt like I was going to be able to compete really well. And I remember first day, um, was it the quarterfinal eighth final? Let's see here. Um, quarterfinal. I was like, thought I was like in a good position. Like gates were flying. I was like, Hey, I'm like, things have been trending well. Like let's keep it going here. New world cup, new team, fast gate. Everything's good. And I went out in the quarterfinals. I think I can't remember what happened, but just didn't have a good race. You didn't race that day. Cause you are back. And I was like, Hey, well, that's shit. Second day. Everything was same thing. Training well, going well. We ended up being in the same quarterfinal. You were beside me, and somehow I think that was the worst thing that could have happened was having you beside me because instantly I was like, "I'm a fucking beat, Tori." Here, this this is my <laughs> shot to this is my shot to be in lane seven outside of him or whatever I was, and I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna beat him. And of course, I fucking cheese the start of my quarter and just like I'm in like sixth place around the track and watch you try to battle for a fourth place. And I can't even remember what happened, but. I was probably the oh. worst thing. Yeah. It's in the gate. Oh, what got his ass now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I straight Just, up remember thinking that too. Like, dude, I, I got his ass. Like, I got this. Have you seen my gates lately? I got his ass.
0: Like, you don't even know what I'm about to do. <laughs> right
1: you weren't even racing. You don't even know what I'm capable of right now. Did you see- didn't you like yell something out of the gate or something? I think I yelled fuck. Cause I like hit it or something or I did, I did something I like, and I just yelled <laughs> fuck. Like I knew I cheesed it. Like I was way better than what I did. And I it's like, come on, <laughs> like, that was brutal dude. So oh. that was weird. And then, yeah, like I stayed in, I actually stayed in Europe after that, which was a lot of fun. But then, um, what ended up I think making the year so bad for me is I went to Zolder for a year round, had a really good first day of racing. I actually just made a mistake. I remember we like I had like lane, I got like first pick into the quarter against some top guys. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling really good. First pick here, cheese the start second day, whatever. It started going really well too. I think in the quarterfinal again or something, I was on the outside and who was it? Was it pills? I can't even, I can't even remember. Now. Came out of the first turn and somebody got like, I think got like high sided and basically cut across in the first turn accidentally. And then I just high sided over their wheel and just slammed into the ground, like really fucking hard. And I remember fucking my shoulder up pretty good. i never really got diagnosed what happened. And the rest of the year I was dealing with that. Like even Baku, I remember trying to deal with it before that it was just shit. And then I kind of not, I'm not blaming it on that, but part of that, like the rest of the year just went to crap after, which sucks.
0: Nothing went right that year. Cause I remember even at the world cups before Baku, Papenel's older trip, I'd come back from my, my back injury. So I wasn't a hundred percent. Like you didn't have a very good week either. I remember we were both just lying in the, in the room at our, the shitty house we were at in Belgium and just like eating some candy. I remember just looking over. I was like, dude, I'm going to be honest. We got absolutely smoked. This week. <laughs> <laughs> it so, sucked, dude. <laughs> so I'm like straight up. Yeah. we. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Straight up. Yeah. We got smoked. It was like, there was nothing more to talk about. It was just, it was shit. Like, yeah. I remember like Papandol. I tried like it was. Yeah. And all this crap, it's older nothing better. Was that the one you exploded in Zolder? No, seven that so was
0: 17. Was, yeah. Yeah. 18, just nothing went right. Like, no. honestly, nothing
1: yeah. went right. Shit, dude. It was weird. It was a weird year. And I guess, you know, people say sometimes it's like, I don't know, it's not contagious, but like when you're, when guys are going well, they're going well together sometimes. When we were going bad, maybe we were just having one of those years we're just going bad together. I don't know.
0: 17 was like one of my best years ever. 17, you rode great. 18, nothing went right. Yeah.
1: It was so weird, dude. And it's even like, even like world, I thought I could try to, like my shoulder was starting to feel a little better. I could ride fine. Like I, I dealt with the shoulder for Papandol's older training was still kind of crap. But for, I think for worlds, it started to be fine and had some really good starts actually in, at, at the worlds there. And then I remember having a, like, we were in the same motor, we were battling at one point. I remember I needed good. I needed low points or something. And you passed me to the last turn. And I kind of remember, I don't think you know, but I remember yelling like, go, go, like I I needed you to go. So I could keep going because I I need like a fourth third third round, right? Yeah. Third round or something. I had like a fifth and I don't know, third or fifth and a fourth something and I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was a funny one, but, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, not a good year. No, it was a
0: shitty year, but the next year you won the national champs, was it 2019 you did?
1: Yeah. 2019. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 2019. So obviously it must've been a huge, huge deal for you. Winning your first national champs.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I was like, I, I talked about it, like national champs was always on my radar. It's always something I wanted to do and wanted to accomplish. And, um, to be honest, so I know not to dwell on 2018 again, but once again, to add to the shitty fucking year, 2018 was, so that was the first race year, national champs. that was the first year you didn't race national champs. I had got second for five years straight before that, I think to you, or what, however many years, four or five, six years. So 2018 comes around, and I was like, okay, well, shit, year's been shit. Tori's not here, okay. I got to race Alex, but I was like, okay, I think I got another shot to win national champs. Like, this is my goal. Uh, me and Alex were in the same race all day. Got to the final. cheese to start a little bit, because you remember uh, Quebec, the drum the gate was just a joke, how slow it was. And then ended up me and him, Alex, both crashed in the last turn, and then neither of us won the title, but just shit. But yeah, 2019 came around. I was like, okay, well, another shot. Like, here's the thing, but here's the time to do it, but It was a little bittersweet because at that time you weren't racing the year. You were still recovering for your concussion. Um, At that point, Alex had his injury. He wasn't able to race that. So although I felt good during the year, it was kind of, it was an accomplishment, but it's like part of it was missing not having you guys there racing because those are the two guys I knew I was competing for and wanted to beat to get it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it was kind of weird. The whole, that whole 2019 was once again different. Like coming off a low year, coming into 2019, like um, started off the race the year in Manchester. I was sick during the racing, just shitting my brains out before the race. <laughs> I had some kind of stomach bug. It was crap. And then Pap and Doll started to go better, but that was, it was tough. When Alex crashed and dealing with his crash, like that was, um, oh, yeah. that was tough because I was in the same, same race as him actually that day. I can't remember what round it was, dude, that we crashed in. If it was the quarter, 16th, whatever it was. Um, was, it, was it that day? Uh, it was the second day, so it would have been. Anyways, yeah, so was, that was tough. And then um, I ended up, after that, I was still feeling fine, but I ended up fracturing my wrist, so I was off for a little bit more. And then I knew, I knew you guys were racing national champs, so I basically just made a goal to come back a little bit early for that, put a brace on, and just ride that to get the sleeve and did that so that was cool that was a lot That was a good accomplishment a nice little kick off the list
0: yeah it's something like it, there's something to be said for, for being national champion of your country
1: there is yeah every it's recognizable it's like anything like if, if you can say you're a national champion people understand what that is
0: yeah it's kind of like it doesn't matter it transcends sport too like it doesn't matter if they don't know your sport but if you say you're national champion like it's a big deal
1: and i mean personally speaking like being able to show yourself and show your skills and be national champion in front of Canadian fans is what I thought was so cool. Like we don't race yeah. a ton of races in Canada. We race Canada cups here and there and national champs is always the one race that people would come out to see you race and, um, to, to wear the sleeve and then to, to compete in front of Canadian fans that also do well in that. Like to me, that was always one of the coolest things. Like, um, you want to talk about like, yeah, things in our career that my career that I look back on. And I'm like, I enjoy, I'm proud of all that. It's like, it's, being in front of the hometown crowd racing well, and being able to be somebody for the little kids to look up to. Cause I know when I was a kid, that was who I looked up to. So it's like, yeah, it's special.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause like we always race internationally. We race primarily in the U S and obviously the world cup tour. So like, you know, once a year, when you get to race a big race in your home country and the Canadian people are so happy you're there and so proud to watch and stuff like that's really special.
1: I also don't think like being in Canada, like such a big country there's not a whole ton a lot of you know pros racing at the end of the day or at least top level even top level level pros that they don't always get to see the skills and the speed and the abilities of what other like these top people around the world can do and it's it's fun to be able to show them to know what they can get to if you really want to like this is it's it's not just your provincial champion like that's not just the level you can get to like there's a whole other level you can keep going if you want
0: That's a good point. Yeah. It's good to show them like, look, there is a whole other elite speed here that you guys can get to also.
1: Yeah. I I always have the same with skills too. Like I've mentioned, I think to maybe you or a couple people in the past, like it's kind of showing off skills, like to kids at like a local night or like at camps or whatever, part of it's satisfying because you're showing off and you're like, Oh, look how good I am. But part of it is like, like guys, like you just want to do this stuff, like just go out and do it. You can do it. It's like, I loved when I was a kid watching pros, like, Tyler Clark, just do skills of the track and be like, dude, this guy is so sick on a bike. Like you, you want people to look up to like that. And it's like, I, I liked, I really, I enjoyed the opportunity, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I enjoyed being able to be that person. Yeah. So. Um,
0: so obviously getting to 2020, 2021, making a charge for the O show made some good progress in the last few years, COVID hits that whole deal. So what was, what were those two years like?
1: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit wild. <laughs> um, yeah, twenty twenty was went to Australia for the World Cups. Um, things started off, you know, a little bit hot. Let's say with a little incident with Eddie in that turn, and you know, <laughs> in Australia, um, it is what it is at this point. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was like, yeah, at that point, so that whole like 2018, 2019, I knew like Olympics was the goal. Olympics was the shot, and I knew actually what I. I started to realize what I had to do to be able to get there because we weren't going to earn a team spot at that point. Like I was going after the individual ranking spot. So I needed to basically do extremely well at these world cups. And then on top of that, get a lot of other UCI points and whatnot to, to add on to that. And um COVID hit and really took it shook things up. Let's be real. Like, yeah. Put a halt on everything. Um, honestly, it was a nice break. Let's be real. We played a lot of golf in 2020 when the COVID hit and I'm gonna say we played a shit ton of golf
0: in <laughs> 2020.
1: We just, we made the most of, of COVID. We, I think we did like the best COVID.
0: Honestly, looking back at, like, that was so fun. All we did just play golf. Was, I had nothing else going on really literally yeah. had nothing. Else. None of us had anything to do. We just played golf
1: every single day. It was incredible. I have home gym set up. I work out in the morning or go to the track in the morning, whatever day it was. And then the afternoon was golf. It was just, where's the tea time today?
0: I know like a lot of horrible shit going on in the world then, but like selfishly we had a fucking amazing time. Yeah. Um, and honestly, looking back, it's like probably like one of the few times in our life where we had like nothing to do, but just play yeah. golf.
1: No responsibility, really just have a good time, enjoy your life and be active. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I, to be honest, looking back or thinking about it now, it's it was kind of weird to try to get back to competitive mindset after that, after being so chilled out and kind of seeing what that's like. It was tough getting back into it at first because that was it would have been start of twenty twenty one was when like I went down to the U.S. and ended up living there basically for four months, just bouncing back and forth and whatnot. Um, it was weird though because I going into twenty twenty, I thought I had the whole strategic plan of what I needed to do for the Olympics, and then twenty twenty one, like being of the year. I actually realized that what I thought I needed to do was actually wrong. And like, there was a change. Like I thought the individual ranking system was basically based off of, um, basically the, the world, the time that the window that they have for like the country rankings, I thought that was the same window for individual rankings, but that individual ranking is only the year before the, the, the world, the Olympics. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyways, I ended up getting, that mixed up and learned that in the beginning of 2021 that it was different and that kind of put a huge wrench in my whole plan and what i was going after and i ended up having to do a bunch of more traveling to random races like i went to columbia in 2021 like to get some uci points there went to a race in italy before the world cups there to get some more uci points and um that was a whole weird situation because i was trying to get the points it honestly didn't seem fair the way it was because like you had money and had all these races, you could just go to these random places to get races when it was still covert time, like it was hard to get around places, and nobody, no teams were traveling at that point. There was no support from federations, really. Like Cycling Canada helped a little bit, but I was still just going on my own to do these things, so it was weird. Um, and actually, I'll be honest, when I was in Italy and I kind of learned all this, and then one of the races in Italy went bad, I kind of f- thought it was kind of done with, it was kind of over. Like the shot was kind of, I wasn't going to make it at that point because. I didn't have the same, like I didn't get the same results I got in 2019, like in the window that I needed to put myself in that top three, which is kind of weird. And then, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be weird and have like little sentimental moments, but like things, things went, things turned like, you know, I had positive people gave me positive vibes, things turned. And like they, they made the adjustment call on the, how it was going to work. And they were going to take the window from the proper, whereas actually when we are everyone was competing equally and they did. And, Um, it was, yeah, it was a cool moment when you finally realized that all the hard work paid off and you made the Olympics. I was sick.
0: Yes. What was that like when you finally, when you finally realized you're going to the O show,
1: dude, I got it. It's extremely weird. So like, obviously individual ranking, it seems like you earn it yourself, but it goes to the country. So when I found out, I didn't think it was mine, but at the same time, there was nobody else racing in in Canada. So I kind of knew it was, um. But it was weird so i found out when i was sitting on the couch in italy before the world cup weekends and i read it on a facebook like not that i made it but i read that the uci posted on facebook like here's the situation with the uci points and the olympic quali- qualifications and here's what we're doing and i remember reading it twice and like i looked up and adam walked into the room because he had just read the same thing and we just like both like looked at each other and smiled and was like i think we're good it was, how about that you just out on facebook dude it's fucking wild because yeah like dude like none of these world cup or or sorry olympic like um when you make it like nobody a lot of the times nobody's like okay you did what you needed to do you made the team kind of thing like you just have to know on your own like if you did the points right to then be like okay i'm good so i i kept track like that very well and so did adam and we just like was like okay like we just keep track keep track and then eventually that post came and it was like dude we're good like we fucking did it (laughs)
0: So interesting because everyone has such a different story, how they get to the Olympics, like every country is so different. Like some countries, the top ones, obviously they have three spots and they just battle like hell for the three spots and the federation picks other people need to qualify themselves. Like in a smaller country, it's so, it's so unique how everyone makes it.
1: Yeah. It's a super weird dynamic. And it's, yeah, it's, it's
0: true. honestly, just making it like when you really look at it from like a broad spectrum, it's crazy to even make the Olympics.
1: It is dude. It's, it's nar. it's nuts. Yeah. Everyone's path is nuts. The French team's path is nuts. Like countries earning their spots the the countries with like couple riders when you had to earn your country spot or like the individual people going after random races, it's fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's, there's no, there's no easy route to the Olympics. There really isn't.
1: I got to give a shout out to Amanda Carr for that whole, like that time too. Cause when I was bouncing around at the beginning of 2021, she let me come stay with her and live there for, I mean, months on end. So. (laughs) You were in Florida quite a while, right? Yeah, it was, dude, that was super weird. So I started at Lauren Ryan's place in California, which was incredible. They let me come stay with them, so shout out to them because I was huge. And then I went to Florida for camp with Joris and Romaine, spent like a month there, went to these other races, and like Canada still wasn't open up, basically. So I was kind of reaching out to people and reached out to Amanda. I went and stayed with her, and she's like, yeah, come stay. That would be great. And then came back for... Olympic, like pre-Olympic camp comes to game, stay with her again for another month. It was awesome. Yeah. I was super fortunate. Did
0: you race netting champs in 2021
1: or 2022? Uh, 2021. No. So 2021 after it was after the Olympics, so I didn't race. Uh, I was still injured that time.
0: You win 2022 or no?
1: Yeah. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you
0: won 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought you'd won two, but then I thought you'd won one. I was like, wait, am I going crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, was weird. Yeah. Like my whole like Olympic, I kind of mentioned in that video, so I, I don't know how much I care to go into all of it, but the whole going to the Olympics, that dynamic and afterwards was, has been really weird to get from then to now. i will say that. Yeah. How so? Like the obviously going to the Olympics, that was incredible. Um, I enjoyed every bit about it. Like especially the, the month leading up to the Olympics, like training with Joris in Florida, I was staying at Amanda's house. Like that training, that bit of that block was like, it's just so much fun when you have what you've been working towards in front of you. And like, you have your goal set. Like I'm going to go all in, not that you weren't going all in before, but I can go all in right now doing everything I can to be as best as I can. That was incredible. Um, I'll be honest. I look back now and I think I overdid it a little bit because the amount of stuff I was doing, the amount of training I was doing, it was just a high volume and I never think I, I never think like looking back, I never bounced back from it to the Olympics. I was, kind of going a little slower than I was at the beginning of the year. I felt like I was still in that hole a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, but I had a great time training. And then when we got to the Olympics, like in practice, it was going okay, but I was struggling with those tiny jumps with the steep lips. I was just having issues. And one of the full laps I went to do like on the Wednesday before, I can't actually remember what day it was, but uh, I ended up crashing and that was shit because not only like I hurt my hand a little bit, it kind of blew up, but I was just um, mentally, it, it screwed me like that. I think Graf talked about it with the jump on the first straight. for me, it was the jump into the second turn. It screwed me. Every time I went into that jump, I didn't feel comfortable going a hundred percent cause it was so small. And I, when I crashed, I was going easy and I overshot it. That's what it felt like. So I just lost some confidence and race like crap. And it showed, like, I think like I battled a couple motos in the Olympics, but I was like, it wasn't anything that special. So that was kind of, it was disappointing. And it was a tough moto too. Cause like the guys I had in it were guys that were battlers, just in, like I consider myself. I had like me, Bernardo, who was actually flying that that weekend, and Torres, he was in there too. I can't remember who else now either. But, anyways, yeah. So it was disappointing. It was just shit. Like I didn't race like I wanted to. I didn't race to like the the level I thought I could. Um, And after, I was pretty bummed, and rightfully so. You come off the high of making the Olympics, and then it just goes sour, basically, and kind of feels like the world comes crashing down on you for that little bit of time, whatnot. Um, but then after the Olympics, took the week or two off, I think. And World Champs was like, I can't remember how long after. That was the next race on the, on the schedule. And first session back after the Olympics to get ready for that. Um, ended up crashing into the second turn at Abbotsford. Uh, smacked my head. Don't really remember what happened. I think I just slid out in the turn, like on the backside, I think. Something like that. And then took some time. That's when I took some time off after that one.
0: Right, yeah, so didn't you have a wrist injury, too, at the grant? Like, we just went to the grants and hung out, but didn't you have a wrist injury or something?
1: What did I do there? No, that was in, that was earlier, I think. What was twenty twenty one. 2021. <clears throat> no, I think I just came to hang out, because I, I think I still was. Yeah, wasn't...
0: no, but, oh, I thought you had a wrist injury or something, no?
1: Why do I feel like I could have too? But I, I don't think so. I don't really remember now, dude. My, I banged my wrist. Dude, somehow when I crash, I always, everyone has their thing. My thing is my fucking hands, dude. I always bang on my hands and my wrists. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah, like I, I crashed after that. Didn't race the worlds and took like a few months off. And um, that was kind of the point where I, I talked about where I just I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of like, dude, I've been working my ass off for years. And I never felt like I was giving, getting to the level that I wanted to be at or expected I be at or I thought I could be at and all this stuff and it's like it takes a toll on you eventually like you start trying new things or you keep trying what you thought was going to get you there and and just it's not working it's tough and so I took like I felt I think I took a couple months at least off wasn't riding and the spark that got me back riding was the Canadian team had like a junior development camp where a bunch of young kids came out to Abbotsford to ride the Supercross and Adam asked me to come help out with the camp and just help the kids and I think I actually helped um, the older riders at the time but after the session, these young kids were just sessioning the third straight. they were all just hyping each other up. These little kids were jumping the pro side of the third straight, just getting hyped up. And I miss that, dude. Like that, those times when you're just hyping a buddy up to do something, you're pushing each other, trying new lines. I was like, that's what I miss right now. And um, that's kind of my spark actually to make me feel like, okay, well, it's time to slowly get back into training. Um, and I think like after that, maybe a little while after that, I slowly started to get back in the gym and get going for, for 2022.
0: Did you feel like you still had good energy and motivation last year?
1: It was, I did at times. It was very different though. Cause like, I felt like the whole time since the crash in 2021, I felt like the whole time I was building, building, building. I never, I never even felt like I got back to where I was like in, I don't know, 2019 or even 2021. Like I never got back to there and it was really weird. Like mentally I really struggled because for some reason after the crash,
0: I don't know. So that the crash about the
1: crash in Abbotsford yeah yeah that one yeah I, yeah for some reason I struggled mentally coming back from that one like riding my bike was never an issue I actually I crashed earlier in 2022 hurt my wrist a little bit actually then too, cracked that so I had to take some time off again but um no I just everything like I went to the world cup and I went to multiple like USA races before struggled just to battle like close to people again and it was just an issue and then kept working on it all year it's just still an issue constantly constantly um and then slowly like towards the end of the year I don't know things didn't click but I started to just find my groove again a little bit like after the whole issue with not being able to race the world champs in France that whole debacle like I was pissed off and I was okay well whatever it doesn't matter just keep pushing like you still got like I set out my goal to go to the next Olympics again and try to make better than what I did in 2021 and I kept pushing, everything was going well. I won national champs, which is really awesome. Like, I was proud about that. And then World Cup in Bogota, it didn't go awesome, but I felt like I made a step forward again. But still, I was missing something, and that's when I decided I'd, I'd step away and go to school for a bit, because the spark still wasn't there. Like Something was still weird, something was missing. So I decided to go to school, and I said in that Instagram video, everything about that was spot on. Like My hope was when I went to school that that spark would come back a little bit, and I'd be fired up to get... Back to training like everyone thinks like when you take time off like yeah you're always excited to get back to training right like when you go to school you're like oh, school sucks i want to go back to training now like let's go do it i never got that way it was really weird it's like I, I went yeah
0: you know what's interesting i <laughs> you know so 27 <clears throat> 2017 had one of my best career best years made like uh five out of six world cup mains and was up for the world cup title overall and whatever yeah I never, you know, it's funny you mentioned that never getting the spark back. I never did either. Like, yeah. so we started training again. What I could probably, I think I took a month off after Argentina, three or four weeks and then started training again. Previous years, I'd be like super pumped to get back in the gym and train and whatever. I never did. Like I, I got back into training and of course trained as hard as I could, but I never felt like excited to do it or like, um, I don't know. I never felt the same. You're missing those
1: percents that you need that got you to where you were before.
0: I don't know. Maybe that year took a lot out of me, like physically, mentally, and like I did really well, but it took like, it was really draining. And I don't know if maybe I should have taken more time off or maybe, maybe looking back, that was just like, maybe a good, maybe would have been a good time to stop too before 2018. But it's funny. Like, yeah, I don't know if I because i didn't have a spark and then 2018 too i never did either like i was really struggling for motivation and i remember yeah. talking to like my dad in savannah was i was living in canada at the time and <clears throat> savannah was at my house and i was talking to my dad this was like when we came home from that <laughs> palpino's older trip that went shitty yeah. <laughs> and it was like whatever three four weeks to baku the world and i remember talking to guys I, like, I don't feel like motivated to like train or like ride or race or anything like i don't yeah weird i I know i didn't feel like excited and i remember we had a good camp before baku and like i had fun and like worked hard i still didn't feel like the same i don't know sensation
1: didn't have the same juice
0: no i just didn't care like well it's not the right word cared but i just didn't i don't know it wasn't like
1: you can't put words to it but i know exactly what you're feeling and i think yeah yeah
0: it's funny i talked to my sports. i met with my sports psych in 2021 that i'd worked with for years i hadn't seen him in years and we just met for dinner one night i was in his hometown in in cochran alberta and we were just talking and i kind of at the time like and in 2017 or 18 we weren't really working together anymore so i was kind of talking to him about like what led to my retiring in 2019 or whatever and he's like yeah you, you know honestly if you didn't even if you didn't like get your injury you would have retired anyway and i was like kind of surprised <laughs> he's like like said that so confidently i was like really and he's like, yeah, I've seen it with a lot of Olympic athletes. Like you, cause he's worked with tons of high level Olympic athletes in Canada. And he's like, you know, he's had a lot of experience. He's like, generally when that kind of like spark goes, you start feeling that way. Most people last like another six months or a year and stop.
1: That's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And so looking back, like, I guess at that point, like personally, I guess that was probably the beginning of the end and it's probably the same feelings you're having last year. Like it's probably yeah. when you know it's time.
1: Yeah. It's weird to think about. Hey, it's crazy that it's like common for everyone, but yeah, it is like, you can't put words to it, but it's exactly it. There were a lot of times like, yeah. I was going to say,
0: I was surprised he said that, but I think he was probably bang on. He's probably right with both of us. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, There were times like, I'll be honest, last year where like I was struggling mentally and I was kind of like, dude, I'm like sick of this. I'm done. Like I'm very realistic person. Like the whole 2017, 18, 19, like I, my, I had my goal set out. I want to be a guy that makes world cup finals can battle for a podium. Like I want to make a world cup or world championship final. And like things weren't clicking, things weren't happening. It's like you get to the point where you, you realize it's like, it's going to be really tough to even get to like a world cup finalist again. And it's like pushing, pushing, nothing's going well. And like the, you're struggling mentally. Like for me, like I was struggling mentally and it's like, man, how much of this can I keep pushing? Like, and I, I I'd made changes. I like started working with the team here. I started riding with Ryan and that was kind of gave me the juice to keep training for a lot of times was having Ryan with his energy at the track and having to be able to bullshit with him. But it's like that spark was always still missing. Like there's just in the back of my head, if I would do bad or if I had, you know, was just feeling like shit at a race, I'd be like, damn, what am I doing? Like, why? I just want to stop right now. Like, what am I doing? But I always had I like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, fuck. I just do amount of times I had a bad, I was like, I just want to go home right now. Like, what am I doing? It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I still had my goal. Like I was like, my goal is still, still the Olympics. It just started feeling super far-fetched at that time though, because with how I was feeling mentally and just like, how are you supposed to keep doing this for like two more years feeling the way you're feeling? Um,
0: yeah. And it's just like, at a certain point, like, do I really want it? Like, do I really, yeah. Is that something I really want to do.
1: Yeah. And yeah, when I went to school, it's it weird. People would ask me, it, like, I made real like some lifelong friends at school, which is really cool. People would ask me, like, yeah, are we playing a race. Like, what are you doing? I was, and that was the first time I started to open up to people because they're not in the BMX world. I felt fine about telling them because they don't know anybody else. That I was like, I, I honestly don't know what I'm gonna do anymore. Like, that was the first time I was like, I'm having such a good time here learning. Like, I want to pursue this with you guys while you're doing it too now. I don't want to be left in the dust and, not, and forget everything I've learned and then just be starting from scratch. Like I want to do this. And in my head, I was like, you know what? No, like I need to at least get past school. I need to try to race again after, because maybe what I was missing, is like, okay, I took my break. And when I get back to the racing, like something's going to click and I'm going to find the spark and that's going to be it. And, um, it was weird that, so you didn't, ha- you had your race where you didn't know you were going to be finished. Like I went into Rock Hill not knowing, but I I knew like if, if it went one way or the other, it it was probably going to persuade me one way or the other. Like that's kind of how I felt was going to happen. And then two things happened in Rock Hill where that happened. Whereas like I got there, I wasn't really feeling the juice that I wanted to feel like I didn't have the spark. And literally on the Sunday when I crashed, was it Sunday? I think it was a Sunday. I think it was that morning. I got a message from one of my classmates that I had been, we had been touring halls before that trip, like trying to get information of how do we get hired? What do we do? And one of the options was like, go up to this hall and see if you can get hired here, get some learning, get some experience, cause that'll help you get a job in the future. And she sent me a message, like, I think the morning of the Sunday, it was like, Hey, like I I'm doing this, I have this opportunity. Um, I talked to them because we were into this together. And if you apply, then you might be able to get on too. And like, as soon as I got that, and that opportunity was there, that if I was ready to be done racing, that I had that opportunity it was like, it kind of knew it was done. Like that's when I kind of really kind of started to realize it.
0: Even if it had one rock hill, it probably wouldn't have made a difference.
1: That's the thing. Like I'll never know, but like that might've been the only reason why I don't, it's hard to think. Like, I think if I won, yeah, I think it would have been different. Like I would have had a taste of something I hadn't had. Like I hadn't, hadn't won a USA BMX pro race. Like if I won, that'd be sick. Maybe I'd be like, okay, well I found the juice. I found, like I got to think like for people like Joris or somebody like that, or like these guys who win races consistently that it's, it's, I don't know. It's got to be more fun and easier to get out of the, the bad parts. Cause you know, eventually like if you get back to that level, that's just like a base level for you, you're going to win a race. If I get back to my base, good level, I'm going to try to be competing to get into a final. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's different places. So, so Yeah. yeah. Weird. It's been, yeah, that's, so that was this year. It's been a really, really weird time cause I've never, after that, I never really spoke aloud to people. Like I'd spoke a little bit to people, how I was feeling before that, but never really out loud to a lot of people. And after that, that's when things slowly started to change and finally started talking out loud and just, um, yeah. I, yeah, I think when that spark, when that spark goes initially, it's the beginning of the end it, it is. Yeah. I had, I'm pretty grateful. I had a lot of some good conversations with a few good people. Um, my grandpa, like first time I really kind of opened up and talked about with my grandpa and he gave me some really good tips and advice. Like just, if it's something you want. Like if your mind changes to what you want in the future. Not, not going after these dreams. Like you got to follow what you want now. Like it's not, and then I had a really good chat with Bill Jones, actually. I don't know if you wrote Bill Jones. I had a good chat with him. And one of the things he said to me is like, if you're going to go for the Olympics, like, are you going to go just to go again? Or are you going to go to get a medal? And, or like to do better. Cause there's a big difference between somebody that says I'm an Olympic medalist and or I competed. I was going after that medal versus somebody that just said like I, I, for myself, or I'm going for a second time. Like I made it for a second time. I'm not getting a new accomplishment. Although it's cool to say I'm a two-time Olympian. I, I didn't, I wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to go be better than what I was. And yeah. if I didn't think I had the spark and the juice to do that, I'm not, and that's not going to happen if I'm realistic. And I was like, why like that, that plays a part in my decision. That that definitely did. So mm-hmm. had yeah. good conversations. Oh yeah, sport
0: fickle mistress ain't it?
1: Fuck that was a lot, hey?
0: Yeah, it's it's funny though. I'd love to talk to some other people who've retired and hear what they have to say about it. That like other BMXers in the past have retired, but I think I'm thinking like remember we were talking to Javier Colombo earlier this year. I think he was
1: kind of talking the same thing, wasn't he? A little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different for everybody but it's also very similar it seems like for everyone at the same time
0: which makes it all the more impressive like guys like sylvan or laura or like they're still just fucking pitting it into their early 30s like it's amazing
1: how do they do it dude how do they fucking do it do you think like the success has it it plays a part in it it has to
0: yeah for sure success but not always like i mean you could still be doing well and decide not to like you know yeah I would say, I mean, I was my last race, I would have been 26 and I was still like probably in the prime. I was in the prime of my career, still getting better every year. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I'd hit a wall or like was, I mean, I had a few bad months, but like I didn't feel like I was struggling in racing. I still felt like I could podium, like progress to wins in the future. And I still like, yeah, just like didn't, <laughs> honestly, I didn't, I didn't care about it.
1: That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I didn't, like, it didn't excite me. Like trying to like chase a world cup po- podium. Like I just didn't, I don't know. Was just, I was like, Oh well, maybe, yeah, I don't care.
1: Like, you go through the motions a lot of the time. It's like, I know, I know I, I want, I'm supposed to want this and I'm going to want this. So I'm going to try to want this. It's, yeah, like, but it's
0: like, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, It's crazy when you're like, I literally just don't really care. And it's like kind of a hard thing to admit at first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like to say it out loud is, re- there's stages of how hard it gets at times. Like this, Saying it to people out loud, like I'm ready to be done, is scares tough.
0: you at first. Like this, it scares you. Like, wait, do I like? Do I like really not care about this? And you're yeah. like, wait, no, of course, I care. like of course I want yeah. to do
1: this. <laughs> people kind of question you. you know, oh no, I'm just yeah. Like I care. I'm just saying. Like I'm pretty tired. You know, of like, course I, don't I want know. to like, care. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> After a while, it's like, you know what? It's like maybe I don't care.
1: It, yeah, yeah. It's right up. It's like maybe I don't care. Maybe I, maybe I'm starting to care about setting up my my next chapter instead of this one. Like that's yeah. yeah. So. It's hard too. And then telling people, telling John and Blake and people and just,
0: yeah, that's really hard. Is like when you tell, cause you, I mean, in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't know how they're going to react. Blah, blah blah. I mean, everyone's really supportive of it. Cause it's like, what are you, you going to yell at the person? It's like, <laughs> Oh, you muted yourself. You oh, muted yeah. yourself.
1: Sorry, I was saying. No, no. You just like, you get back out there. You race like, yeah. Stop being a pussy and get out there. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like... <laughs> We don't need no quitters like, here. We don't know wimps. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, of course they're going to be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch of quick shots. So let's go, uh, questions from the grand.
1: I gotta stop doing that. It's all right. It's we're, we're still transitioning. It's been
0: like a hundred. We did like a hundred and probably 80 shows before we started to try to transition it.
1: Yeah. Let's see we all can, right, let's so start to bang these out quick.
0: We got some questions from the grandstands from, are the beers cold 34? What was your favorite trip over the years?
1: Um, does it have to be a race trip? It'd be a training camp trip.
0: What was your favorite trip over the years? So not a race trip. Uh,
1: calf our, our trips to San Diego, uh, in the winter times, um, being on the beach oh, training, yeah. having our coffee spots there. If not, we, then, rented,
0: a- we rented the house in, like in the winter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If not that one, then, uh, Papandall 2017, um, pulling our beds out of the window and just uh, straight <laughs> fucking chilling on the grass. Fuck yeah. That was Fuck an all yeah. time.
0: Uh, From Ryan Tugas, favorite airport lounge location?
1: it's um, a good question. That's a really good question. Fuck. I, I like some of the ones in Asia, actually, because you go up to the window and you can order a little ramen. That was incredible. Oh. Yeah. If, if not uh, Argentina, uh, Buenos Aires on the way home. Buenos Aires.
0: I was gonna say like Frankfurt Lufthansa one is pretty fucking good too.
1: I never really I never really went into that one, so I don't know.
0: Or like I think one one we went to in Auckland was elite, also like really good food.
1: Yes, all the international ones are good.
0: Yeah, Canada ones aren't that good. They don't really have like.
1: We're never in the international though.
0: International ones are better. Yeah, makes a difference. Like food is like, it's like noodles or something. It's not like... It's
1: not the same. It's not like made-to-order ramen kind of deal.
0: Max Ganikovsky, most memorable moment in your
1: career? Um, I'm not going to say the Olympics. I'm going to say yeah, 2017 World Championships.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, it's not a it's, moment. It's a race, but it, like
0: the two it's moments... Specific- that
1: yeah, the two moments it- i take away from that are, yeah, the first moto here in the crowd for the first time, and then the semi-final going for a move, eating shit, but then just being able to just, I don't know, get a salute from the crowd or to the crowd.
0: Did you clean out Torres in the last turn? Was it Dude, yeah,
1: yeah, so that's
0: just, that's just great stuff. That's great stuff. Yeah.
1: I'm going for a 6th to 4th place, 6th to 4th pass. I'm going down the 3rd straight to win 6th place. I got Torres to my left a a little bit ahead. And then I got Neek a little bit to his left, even further ahead. Jump into the last turn. I think, I don't know what, I thought Torres was going to be stuck on the outside of Neek and Neek was going to push him high. So I like slowed up, cut behind both of them in midair on the jump into the turn and went to like chalk line to just, basically, I was going to have to probably hit them, but like go under both of them at the same time. And then Torres somehow did a high-low move cut down, hit me. And I also slid out all at the same time, I think, and that took Torres out. And then <laughs> I come, I, I, after I pick myself up, I get back to the pits and one of the pros, I'm not going to say who comes over to me and was like, so he said something. I was like, thanks for the move, buddy. That was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff at that time. Torres was just making moves on everybody. So
0: Brock Harvey, seven Oh eight favorite year of
1: racing uh favorite year racing 2017.
0: who is violet when will we be seeing you in a calendar everyone wants to know Tarp <laughs> off holding a hose just just
1: shred it sign me up I need to hit the gym a little more I'm getting skinny I'm I, dude my schedule has been so busy I don't have time to just hit the weights as much
0: from Joel Pena 298 what's something you will not miss about BMX
1: um doing shit at a race and feeling like he just wasted money and time and effort traveling to an event. That's that was the worst sinking feeling ever.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From Chris 419 while racing internationally, what was the weirdest food you ever eaten?
1: I had bugs. Oh, that wasn't a race. That was training. I had bugs in China with Nick Fox one time. That was weird as shit, but also I don't think I ate them. He did. Um, fuck. I can't remember otherwise. That was probably it.
0: Chris 409. Um what are your nightmare hotel horror stories?
1: <laughs> um Argentina has one of them, a couple of them, just run down a couple rundown ones. Not not the first, not the the suite we used to stay in. That was fine. Um fucking me and Romaine went to a dump Red Roof Inn in Alabama that we didn't even sleep there because it was so bad. We just left. You told me about that, yeah. Yeah, best Western in Rock Hill that one time when it like, f- smelled like fish because somebody was grilling in the hotel.
0: Oh, uh, someone was grilling a steak and let off the fire alarm. Oh, that was brutal, dude. That was great. What a fucking dump that was.
1: Oh, yeah, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> that was crap.
0: Uh, from Boris Breckelman's best after-party in your BMX career.
1: 2015 we talked about was Rager. That was sick. Um...
0: Argentina. Yeah, Argentina, Argentina.
1: yeah, uh, my very ever first world cup one was actually just good time actually <laughs> it's fun time it was a uh, manchester 2014 13 2013 2014 2014 had mm-hmm. to have been 2014 i had a good time with that one that was a small after party i had a good time that's all i'll say
0: wait a minute hold up i went to that one me and anthony dean got back to the hotel together like 4 a.m
1: you guys podiumed me and Corey yeah, we were hanging out we had a good time
0: I feel like I was at the after party. I don't remember it.
1: Yeah. I, I remember that just having good vibes next. I was with Corey and we boys at the time. Dude, 2012. I
0: definitely remember going, but I don't remember where it was at.
1: Okay. 2012. Why like can't I, I remember this after party? It must have been not that amazing. It, must, it wasn't a wasn't rager that people talk about. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones. 2015 World Champs was a pretty fun one. Mm, there was like
0: two, remember? Down the street from each other. Was there two? I mean, Connor party
1: hopped. Oh, you guys must have party hopped. I was in one place the whole time. (laughs) There was two. There was two. Yeah, there's
0: two. That was weird. Why was there two parties? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Dude, so I wish 2012 world champs, you weren't there. Obviously, you were injured. I was young. It was my first international race. I wish, I fucking wish I was older and partying and having a good time at that time. Because we went to this club in Birmingham. That was like it had to have been like multi floors, multi room. Like I'm talking three, four floors and multiple rooms, multiple places, and it was jam packed.
0: heard That one was good, yeah. Yeah. So. Auckland, 2013, was legit too. I, I only, yeah. I wish yeah. that one was fucking legit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. Uh, uh, what was your from cooper roads what was your favorite race of all time could be a moto semi anything
1: um favorite race of all time i had a oh, that's a good one i wasn't saying i don't know if this is my favorite my favorite race was probably the semi to get into the final 2016 world cup to get into the final that was a cool and just that but 2018 no, 2019 world cup in um argentina i think it was the quarterfinal I passed four guys to get in through that make it through that was cool oh
0: yeah yeah Eddie cannons what was the best and worst thing about being a professional athlete
1: the best thing is having a simple life where you can just go after and chase your dream passion and just live the life you've been dreaming of living of just being an athlete working your ass off not a worry in the world feels like sometimes the worst part about it is uh the lows you go through I think the traveling and the lows, because it gets pretty lonely at times.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pam Larson, a quad shot. <laughs> <laughs> Best coffee shop on the tour, any year, any place? That's a good question.
1: Oh, um.
0: Starbucks, Bakersfield.
1: I'm thinking, what's the little spot in Manchester we go that wasn't the hot one, wasn't the main one, but it was a good time?
0: Place along the canal?
1: Yes, that was a good one. In that little room, that was a cool one.
0: I don't know what it's called, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was one of my favorites because I just not as many people knew about it. There was good seats. It was kind of quiet and a cool big roof opening. Yeah, I like that one.
0: Tack was good. They had good avocado toast with eggs too.
1: That's the one everybody loved and went to, right? Actually,
0: you know what the fucking best one was? The one we went kept going to in... um... Bathurst, is they had an unbelievable brunch plus really good coffee.
1: Oh, the one in the sat- trees there. No, you're talking oh, about
0: that one was I was talking about the other one we sat on the outdoor patio, like on the street. That yeah, one was good.
1: That one was actually really good too. Great food. Everyone loved that one. I like the one in the trees there because I like the seating in there.
0: That one we went to after the first day or something. That was good too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. If given the chance, what race would he like to get back?
0: Maybe a race he went early in but felt great, or just a race he felt was awesome, he'd want to do again.
1: Um. Good question. Oh, that's a yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I know this sounds a little ridiculous, but I wish that race in 2018, when I in the year round, when I crashed and hurt my shoulder, that really I just felt like that was a turning point in a bad way. Like I just I, I have had shoulder issues like since, and just like I know it sounds stupid, but like everyone um, has their roller coaster ride of a career everything was going well it felt like until that point like things were trending fine and then as soon as that hit it felt like things really took a dive for a while <laughs> like, just the, I broke the camel's back yes <laughs> <straight up. laughs> you kidding me oh my god it was like shoulder was sore trying to push through nothing getting better year went to shit everything is like fucking hell Give me head
0: best gear ratio he ever ran
1: i have two I have two. Uh 46, 17, 175s one seven fives, standard one point seven five back tire. That was my favorite to ever race. S- small and spinny. I like to spin. But the one I wish I, I could have raced because I felt fast on it was a forty-five seventeen with one sixty-five cranks. You think you could have been fast one six fives? I don't know if I would have been, but low-key, one of the fastest times I've ever felt in my life was in Chula Vista in twenty. I don't know, 18, seven, maybe it was 2019. The French team was there. We were at the Amtrak and I had my, it was a training gear, training cranks. And I had that on. I was fucking flying, dude.
0: Short gear, no small gear, short cranks feels incredible on the track.
1: Dude. It's just pedal manually. The very first jump at Chula. I could just like, it was just, the bike was just working underneath me. Dude It's incredible. Your big, your regular cranks like these things suck. Dude, <laughs> you feel like a uh, you feel like a monkey after you just your hips are just moving oh, everywhere. No. It's yeah. No.
0: If he could have ridden under any federation other than Canada for one year, which would it have been? That's a that's kind of a cool question.
1: Um, I really like. uh I don't know if I'd like that actually that much. I've learned now that I really like professionalism and i liked uh i like having strict set out guidelines of what to follow so like the dutch team would be cool because of that reason but they are um, they went a little too far i think to be honest with you so a oh, way too far way too far yeah no 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 who just who travels travels in style like the french team would be sick obviously because they travel with like they travel in style i'll say them they got great people i mean if you ride with them all the time you're going to get better you're going to be fast so them
0: I'd probably pick yeah France too. Yeah,
1: maybe GB, but I like how small of a unit they have. But they also train in Manchester all the time. I I would get sick of it.
0: I would. Yeah, how could you not pick France, really? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's all we got today. The the sixty six, the Palm Dog Millionaire. We've been we've been like kind of like talking once in a while about doing a show with you for like years now, and I'm you know it's only fitting that four years into the show we finally did it
1: it's yeah it's, it's a good feeling to get it done because i mean yeah i felt like it was there the whole time it's just do we do it when do we want to do it i didn't really i wasn't <laughs> eager to do it to be honest either and it was a good time for it yeah perfect time so thanks for joining
0: us pal thanks for telling us about your career it was really yeah you know, it was really fun to hear about obviously i feel like i lived it with you but it was cool to cool to hear it again
1: yeah thanks buddy thanks for uh thanks for giving me the time to share thanks for everyone listening it was a long one um not all the time you get to share everything and i know we didn't share every little detail but i hope people got to hear a little bit new and that's fun it's a good time we could, could have gone on for five more hours if we really I just, to, yeah i realized so. it's been two and a half hours and to be honest halfway through that i realized i, I it was like we were just shooting the shit so
0: <laughs> half the times so i know we started talking about random stories anyway i hope you guys enjoyed it pro get europe um presenting sponsor of the show and just please whatever you do remember to step on green
1: it's just it's you must snap on green, everybody. See you next week, folks.
0: Yeah. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter. Get
1: off my back, guy. <laughs> you have to be fussing in the truck.
0: I hate that guy. (laughs)